Okay, good evening, uh, good morning, good afternoon. Uh, welcome to episode 239 of Dude and a Monkey, our 2017 year in review show. My name is Ian Loring, and as always, I am joined by... Matt Foster, hello everybody. Hello, hello, indeed. So, um, for regular listeners will know what we're up to here, but um, for those of you who aren't quite as regular, first off, eat more fibre, um, but secondly, uh, so, we will be... Going through our bottom, uh, sorry, our top 10 films, uh, we will cover, did you do a bottom 10 in the end? I did do a bottom 10, yeah. Cool, okay, so we will be doing a bottom 10 as well, but obviously we'll not be taking nearly as much time on those. Um, We'll also intersperse the main list with our top five pleasant surprises and top five, uh, and kind of top five disappointments, I suppose, technically, top five. Yeah. Yeah, because I suppose our bottom five, disappointments would be yeah anyway um we the the list that i want to say steve dixon asked us to do the geostorm list yeah i'm pretty sure it was steve um that will be coming next week we haven't forgotten it it's just nope. it's going to be a busy one this week um also i think rick j kid asked for um most anticipated anticipated films for next uh, for the for the coming year we're going to do we're actually going to do a, a like a proper list of that next week as well yeah um so this is all 2017 all the time really um any, anything to add there marco do we want to do trailers or do we just want to get stuck in i, I haven't seen any uh, yeah cool i don't think i have either so just, yeah I I, I I think it's i think yeah it's, i think we should get stuck in because i think in what I would say is it's been a really, before we get into this, it's been a really sort of strange year for film in the fact that my bottom 10 was really difficult to do. Like, really difficult. Like, one of them, I've, I, my number, my bottom 10, number 10, is kind of there almost as like a, a bit of a, a nod wink kind of thing for it. Um, and then I was going through and going, do you know what? They're not as such... There's some just movies that I just don't like in there, but some of them are just movies where I just go, that was just... I watched it and I was like, well, that just kind of happened, and then that's it. Yeah, yeah. <laughs> um, but my... but And I know we, we, we both spoke about this to, to each other, that my top three, I would say, could almost change within the next sort of like hour and a half. <laughs> Yeah, so as I've got them written down here, I'm looking at it going, but that could that it could be like that. <laughs> no, I, I I I concur very much. I it's my number one was the hardest number one to pick. I think since we started this show, just because there are quite a few films that I think could be number one. Mm. Um. I mean, we'll we'll get into it, but yeah, it, it it's been it's been tricky. So, okay then. So, um, I I've got a twenty through eleven as well. Mark, do you have anything like that? I do not have a twenty through eleven. I, I struggled so much with my top ten that I, I once I'd done it, I looked at it and went, I can't face it. <laughs> no, no, no problem. So, um, I'll, I'll just do this very quickly then. So, yeah. number twenty, um, the film I actually watched the most in 2017 triple x free return of xander cage yeah i it i don't think it can be any higher than 20 but i'm i'm glad i've got it in there um and it actually was uh I, I just above good time uh I'll, I'll talk about good time either at the end of this show or next week but 
Uh, yeah, anyway, uh, 19, uh, Logan. Uh, 18, John Wick Chapter 2. 17, Molly's Game. 16, The Big Sick. 15, Call Me By Your Name. 14, a film that maybe dropped about 10 or 11 places in the last 24 hours, Dunkirk. Um, number 13, Coco. Number 12, uh, which, again, I haven't talked about on the show, but I will at some point. 12, The Villainess, and 11, oh, which, by the way, we're going to be covering in Playing It Forward, which we're recording yep. on Thursday. Um, and 11, Okja. Cool. Okay, so let's kick it off then, Mark. What's your number 10? My number 10 is a film we uh, spoke about last week. Uh, my number 10 is Molly's Game. Solid. Uh, I, 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 like I said last week, I thoroughly enjoyed Molly's Game. It was just, it was the type of movie uh, that uh, I, I could have watched. It could have kept going for another hour and I'd have still been enjoying it because it was just great writing, great performances. It looked great. It was just a lot of people being on top of their game. And also, I think it was, it was almost like Sorkin when, when he started to direct it, because he's not like a, a recent um, writer. You know, he's been writing films and TV for nearly 30 years. Um, so for him to step at the director's chair, it, it, it seemed like he's it, almost, he got in the first sort of few days and maybe gone, oh, do you know what? I'm actually not bad at this. <laughs> mm. I'm, I'm all right at this. Cool. And then sort of relaxed into it and he's got, he's got good people working around him. So yeah, I, I, I work, Talk about too long. We spoke about it quite recently, but yeah, Molly's Game is my number ten, um, and it's a thoroughly enjoyable movie. It's just a really, it, it, it's a really entertaining movie as well. I think that that's, it's. I, I think you, I always like to get in my list is movies that, it's got to be, for me, movies that I enjoyed watching, and I can see myself watching Molly's Game quite often, to be honest. Yeah, so it, it does feel like a very good stick it on just to have a good time in the moment kind of thing. Yeah. And yeah, yeah, no, I, I, I could see that. I could see yeah. that. When that, when that fucking crops up on Netflix or prime or whatever in, um, six, nine months time, mm. you're going to look at it and go, huh, Molly's game. All right. Yeah. I'm good with that. Bang. Yeah. Yeah. Quite. Um, I think it was E1 who distributed it over here, and I, they're, they're quite quick with their Netflix stuff. I could see they it are, being yeah. on Netflix before year's end. Oh, absolutely, yeah. Mm. Okay, um, cool. My number 10 is uh, a film I actually spoke about a few weeks back, uh, Makato Shinkai's Your Name. Uh, so, yeah, I was really, really taken with Your Name. Um, it's, on the face of it, basically kind of freaky friday with japanese school kids um but it turns into something more grand and sweeping and operatic and um it's got a final five ten minutes or so that are an absolute fucking barnstormer uh, you're, you're willing something to happen and you just keep on willing it and willing it and willing it um and uh, yeah uh hell of a film um Beautifully animated, uh, funny. Uh, the, the the two kids in the center of it are really charming, um, and it's pacey as well. One hundred and six minutes, but it, for me, it didn't really feel that. Um, and a really great, like kind of J poppy soundtrack as well. Um, you know, anime. I'm 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 nowhere near as um, versed in it as as many are. 
Um, but this was this was quite the treat for me. Um, I believe it's still on Amazon Prime, even though, as we said on the show, you've got to fucking scroll through the search results. <laughs> Which, by the way, I had to do that with Good Time as well. Like, Good Time is literally the 11th or 12th result on Netflix when you type in Good Time. What yeah, the fuck is that about? It, 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 it's weird, isn't it? Like, it is a bit weird. What are those search algorithms? Because, ever such like tangent, Good Time, right? I... But I stuck it on Netflix on my phone. I knew it was out on Thursday, this last Thursday, on there. And I was getting the train quite early, so I went for a run before I started my shift and um, in, in, in our gym. And um, so like it was like quarter to seven in the morning. It was like, I wonder if they stuck it on yet. I searched it. It was like, oh, no, all right, then fair enough. No, they probably haven't then. And then I just kind of like, I scrolled through the list for some fucking reason. And then it was just there. And it was like, what? How how is how is this algorithm done? Because is it kind of like is popularity a factor in it or something? And so because it's new, it doesn't have that many hits for that. Or so I, I just it, that's that's all I can think of is because it's it's new and it's not a it's a Netflix film, isn't it? But it's not it, it's one that they've bought rather than no no it's not. Is it not even one of the bar? No, no, no. Just, no. Uh... It, was, it got a fiat, it got a small theatrical. It was like a day and date because on home cinema thing a few months back. Ah, right. So it's that. That's probably why. It probably literally is just because it hasn't got that many watches yeah. yet. It's just. It's weird, man. You type in "good time," show like the first results you should be showing are fil- are things with the exact title "good time." Good time. Like, just mental, mental. Anyway, going back to it. Your name. It's wonderful. Pretty sure it's on Amazon Prime. So, uh, still, give it a crack. Cool. Nice one. Your number nine, sir. My number nine is John Wick Two. Sweet. Uh, John Wick Chats 2, uh, it, it's, the thing about the John Wick thing is the first one kind of came out of nowhere for everybody and it was it, it was released quite a bit in the, up the States before it came out over here and then it was like, it was one of those we went, it can't be as good as people are saying, John Wick. Um, and then you watched it and went, actually it's really fucking good. Yeah, it's not reinvented the action um, genre or anything, but what it did do is it went, do you know what? You can have action. You can have all this action going on. But do you know what? You don't have to rattle the camera around. You don't have to make it feel like you're in the center of the action by having the camera essentially taking punches, etc. You can just go, hey, have a look at this 50-year-old guy doing all this cool shit. (laughs) And you go, I'm enjoying watching this 50-year-old guy do all this cool shit. And then they do a chapter two and you go... But is it just more of this now 52-year-old guy doing all this fucking cool shit? Isn't that going to get a little bit boring? And then you go, nope, it's not getting boring because they're just making... You know the world, yeah. Well, we're going to do a version of it that's a bit fucking different, where literally every fourth person is an assassin and they pay with these fucking coin things and it's all fucking manner of craziness. And you go... That's fine because it, it, because it's Keanu Reeves just looking fucking badass. And then you've got, in the middle of it, you've got these amazing set pieces that aren't even necessarily action set pieces. The um, the essential kind of killing or the, the suicide of, um, what's her name? Oh, I can't remember her name. The, 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 the woman in it. Um. Oh fuck the. Yeah. Uh, did the Italian woman? Yes. Oh fuck! I can't remember her name. Sorry. I can't remember her name. But yeah. Her. Um. Oh. Um. Gianni. Uh, D'Antonio uh, is the is the 
character's name. Uh, uh, from but, fucking um, bloody Tulpa. Oh, I fucking love Tulpa. Tulpa's on Amazon, on, on iTunes. I saw it the day for seven ninety nine. I might buy it. Uh, he's recut it as well now, hasn't he, as well? Uh, yeah. yeah. I, uh, I wonder. Uh, Claudia Carini, yeah. I actually, I actually remember quite liking Tulpa. Um... <laughs> <laughs> I know. I am a fucking idiot. Um, but then you've got that scene where you've got that big opulent, massive fucking bath <laughs> that's in oh, this God, yeah. huge fucking room, and yeah. you've got this this wonderful sort of scene where she, essentially she's just slashed her wrist to, to the because she wants to be in control of her own death, and you go with that's that's magnificent in this movie because ten minutes ago. We had a completely fucking crushed car and John Leguizamo going, I can fix it. <laughs> yeah, yeah. Yeah, and then and then Lawrence Fishburne fucking just, and his birds. Mm. It's, and as well, also going, having a director going, yeah, Ruby Rose seemed like a good idea at the time. Um, she, she, nah, she, let's fucking cut it. <laughs> she had a good, I mean, like, she had a good couple of months at the start there because she was in Return of Xander Cage and this, and then I don't yep. think I've seen her in anything else since. No, I, I, I mean, do you know what? I, I've not watched Orange is, is, is the New Black, and she could be fantastic in that. Um, and she's perfectly fine in uh, the Return of Xander Cage. But in this, she just seems a little bit out of place. Um, mm. And so they've mm. made her mute and basically cut most of the scenes. But to be honest, the second time I watched it, it, she didn't bother me nearly as much, to be honest. Okay. But yeah, John Wick 2, it's just, it makes you go, yes, I want John Wick Chapter 3. Yes, I want the TV series. <laughs> oh, fuck. I'm so glad the Continental's actually been like announced as a go. Like, that's yeah. going to be, that. I, that's just going to be really fun. Yeah. Um, that's cool. it. It, it, it's, it, it, it. It's 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 a film that's being made because people enjoyed a film, and it's got a series of films that have been made because people enjoyed the film. It's not based on a toy or a comic or anything like that. It's it's getting this because people enjoyed it, and that's a wonderful thing. Yeah, yeah, absolutely. Um, uh, very good, very good. I mean, yeah, it was in my top twenty. I um. I'm actually about forty minutes about forty minutes through uh, through another watch of that, uh, but some oh, other, nice. other stuff kind of got prioritised. I'm pretty sure it wouldn't be in my top ten. I'm happy. Eighteen is where it, it is at the moment. Like I'm I'm okay with that. So yep. you know. Um, okay, my number nine is uh, Raoul Peck's documentary. I am not your Negro. Um, which I which I watched on Amazon Prime. I don't know if it is still on there, but so, I think it is. Yeah, cool. So I hovered over it the other day. Nice. Um, so this is um, based on an unfinished final novel by a no- uh, novelist um, James Baldwin, where he was working from the text of it. And um, it, oh God, I talked about this fucking ages ago. I saw it ages ago as well. But it, it, it's essentially about um, Three key assassinations in American black life, uh, Malcolm X, Martin Luther King, and the civil rights activist uh, Medgar Evers. Um, And it's about them and about their impact. Um, But there's also much more modern day footage. And it's basically a depiction of no matter how things change, they stay the same. Um, And in the America in which we 
have it, which we have today it feels like it, it does feel like a message that needs more pushing than it, it maybe had in the previous decade or so yeah. uh, uh, or at least a decade or so um so i it really it really struck a chord with me um at the time just because it's it's both sprawling but it's also telling a very very clear message through the, the the middle of it and it doesn't get it doesn't get bogged down um in um in one emotion for too long um it's an angry film but it's not one which really really beats you over the head with how angry you should be which i think is key to getting these kinds of films watched by a more mainstream audience or like the basically for this film not to preach to just the converted you know yeah. i mean that, that that that's the thing these that, that that's a problem that a lot of um documentaries and cinema with big social agendas on its mind don't really seem to be able to cross at times and uh, say what you will about get out but that is a film which is for a mainstream audience and has you know quite a bit of medicine along with the with the sweet stuff but does it in a very kind of mainstream setting and i applaud that film for that it's the one time i'll mention get out today uh which um, which will be unlike pretty much any year in review film show you'll probably listen to uh but yeah but that that the, the thing with this film is that it doesn't feel like it's beating you around the head it is taking this but it's doing interesting stuff with it with its structure and it's trying to not be light-hearted but just also be inspirational and hopeful and not just angry um even though i might sound like a bit of a hypocrite because there's a film i'm going to talk about later in one of my lists which i wish which is about a similar thing which i wish was more angry um but anyway i am not your negro it's obviously you've got to be in a certain frame of mind to watch it you know it just it, it, it's the territory but if you are you will watch it learning some things hopefully and you know may, i don't know i'm not going to say it, it, it's a film that's going to change your life but i think with the rhetoric from the hard left being more rhetoricy than ever in 2017 or at least it, 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 that i remember it's good to have a film like this which doesn't feel like it's just someone wanting to show you how right on they are about how right on they are it it doesn't yeah. it doesn't feel like that and that's the kind of stuff i i applaud so yeah number nine i am not your negro it's uh more than worth a watch uh, I, I, that's one that i'm 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 a little bit disappointed in myself that i didn't watch to be honest no nah, fair enough yeah uh, it, you know it, it just it's um i was actually kind of surprised when i looked through the letterbox list and saw like shit that actually was technically a 2017 release here okay fair enough then that's going on the list i hadn't even considered it and it was like fuck okay i will be putting that in there man 
so, yeah, I am not your Negro. Um, yeah, good. Uh, your number eight, Mark. Uh, my number eight is um, Logan. Okay, cool. Yeah, I... I, I the thing is, I, I, that was one where I, I kind of looked at it and went, huh, that, that, that seems like it came out so much longer ago than 2017. That film seems to have been around for about five so years. The very start of March, wasn't it? Yeah. Yeah. But it does seem to have been... It, just, it, it seems like it's been there for so long. And mm-hmm. I, I thought about it and thought, right. When I, when I sort of, so I first started sort of following my list, I was looking at Logan and I thought, my problem is... There's that little bit, that little bit in the middle, towards mm-hmm. the end of the middle act, uh-huh. where I go, that bit, it's just not quite right. And you know the bit I'm, I'm meaning, don't you? A bit oh, where yeah. he has, what is it? Yeah, there's that bit. And I thought... Well, where, where it turns into Beyond Thunderdome for a little bit. Yeah. Yeah, yeah. But then there's all the other bits okay. around it. And the, the fact that you've got, um, you know, you've got one of the one of the big comic book characters, the big huge comic book stars, really, of this current comic book movement. You know, that it's not just the Avengers. You know, Wolverine has been a huge part of, of uh, this current boom we've got in comic book movies, um, and the studios had the balls to not only make a an R-rated movie that, but to kill the fucker off in it. And mm. to give, to, to sort of, to give Hugh Jackman and the character, that incarnation of the character, the send-off that it kind of deserves and that everybody around it wanted to give that, that bit of going, do you know what? We don't just want to replace him. We don't just want to reboot him. Let's give him. Let's give this version of Lo- of Logan and Wolverine a proper send off. And I think that in the in the current climate where films get made off, books get turned into five films rather than two films, and things like that, and everything's done by accountants and done by how much money that can be made. That that almost I think got lost in how good logan actually was as well it's not a perfect movie but when it is good it's really fucking good and they managed to make a a proper essentially like almost like a it's a it's a drama really that happens to have a few big action set pieces in it but it's also it's quite heartbreaking because it's this character you've been with for near 20 years and you've seen him in the good and the bad and everything like that. And then he goes out essentially in a fucking a blaze of glory. But it's such a it's in the middle of a field. Yeah, and um, it's it, it's almost an unmarked grave, you know. Yeah, it, 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 like it, yeah, but it's a death that he's completely comfortable with at the same time. It's yeah, yeah, yeah. Um, it was yes, it it, it, it just really is, um, it really is fantastic. I just, I just wish it didn't have the Beyond Thunderdome bit. And right. I, 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 I can see that, but I'm, I, I think I'm just for all the other bits for it made me go. Do you know what? I can forgive that fifteen twenty minutes because of the rest of it is so good. No, yeah, that's 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 completely yeah. No, I one hundred percent understand that. I don't know. It's just my my way of marking things is. I would 
I would change something about that film. And there's a lot of films on this list that I wouldn't change. So, yeah. That's fine, yeah. Um, you know, I suppose there's there's one coming up which I am a little bit more... Yeah, I'm kind of... I'm, we'll, we'll talk about it, we'll talk about it. Um, okay, my number eight is uh, Nacho Vigalondo's Colossal. This is the one, one of the ones that I was that, that, that I, I meant to watch. I had ready and lined up to watch, but just kind of ran out of time. Had I had a better week at work, I didn't have a bad week at work. I just had a very tired week at work. I had a bad back all week, and it's kind of made me a little bit grouchy and a little bit uncomfortable. And so the, the, the movies that I wanted to watch, that was one of them. And I went and I didn't watch it, and I, I'm, I'm kind of pissed off that I didn't. Yeah, no, okay. Yeah, it's um I'd I'd be really interested in your thoughts on it. It's a film which you I'll really... be watch, I'll be I'll be watching it this week. Nice. You really think it's one thing and then it turns into something else. And the way it plays out that something else is really, 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 really interesting and feels very accidentally relevant. Um, and I would actually wager that in a year where, uh, fuck, I said I wasn't going to mention it, but where Get Out is getting an awful lot of awards buzz for doing very hot button stuff in a genre context, so should Colossal be. Anne Hathaway, pretty much never better. Um, we'll, okay, well, I'll, I'll put a pen in it. We'll talk about it when you see it. I'll, I'll, I will be watching it next week. Um, and I have a feeling that now... The thing is, I mean, I'm, I'm very pissed off myself because I very nearly text you to say, should I watch Colossal? Before, should I absolutely watch Colossal before um, our list? And I, and I didn't. And I have a feeling that now you would have gone, yes. Yeah, <laughs> uh, because yeah, I would have. Um, for some reason, for some reason, I, I didn't. I thought, no. I, I just what is it? What I will say is, I would have watched that fucker already if you could have rented it. Yeah, man, that fuck, that thing is only to buy on iTunes, isn't it? Yeah, and I thought, I don't want to pay thirteen. I, I don't want to pay because I, I don't pay more than nine ninety nine for a movie. If it was nine ninety nine, I'd have bought it. But it was thirteen ninety nine, and it was thirteen ninety nine on. Amazon Prime, on Amazon as well. You can't... I, I, I could have bought it on fucking Blu-ray for a fiver. Yeah, that's fucked. You know, that's fucking stupid. That's... And, I, and I nearly... I, I actually nearly... I thought... Fuck, I'm, I might just fucking buy it on Blu-ray on um, Friday night and then get it... Um, and I got it for Sunday and I could have watched it this afternoon but I thought I know what will happen there it'll turn up at fucking five to six yeah <laughs> on yeah. Sunday and I won't get to watch it no it's um, entertainment film distributors handling it in the UK and their approach to digital video is like digital streaming and stuff is fucked so even though then again they they did the hateful eight on Amazon Prime I wouldn't be surprised to see Colossal pop up on there soon yeah, it seems like one that would pop up on Prime. Yeah. Um, okay. Well, we'll 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 talk about it when the um when 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 you get to it. Um, yeah. Okay. So 
maybe let's take a break now. And do you want to do disappointments? Yeah, can do. Cool. I'll, I'll let you start with this then. Okay, so uh, my number five disappointment is a film I actually referenced earlier on, Detroit. Yeah. Uh, so, yeah, um, watched it this week. Um, that film needed to be angrier. It's weird. It's really weird. It's Bill Milner is fucking horrifying in it. Um, and it's just because, like, the fact that he thinks he can get away with the shit that he does in this film like the, the system is just in a way that he that he's just so fucking cocksure about himself and it, it he's so punchable um but there's this weird turn in the third act where because i thought the film was basically going to be like the the algiers motel and like that night and it's yeah. like the middle third is, or maybe like, oh fuck, I don't know. It's like maybe like forty percent of it is, but then the, the the stuff before and after it, it's establishing these characters, and then after it's basically a court case, and then how all that ends up, and for a director who is known for being unflinching. And really cutting to the core of things, the way this the way this ends is just it does feel like white filmmakers assuming a black audience would would chime with what is happening but getting their what happens in it towards the end but getting their calculations wrong and maybe did you did you see this i i didn't i was put off by the fact that it's so fucking long yeah yeah because i I knew you didn't see it in the cinema but i I was wondering if you caught up with it but it just it and i I mean like you, you know obviously things are very very charged at the moment and this was almost positioned as being like the scream of rage that black America was, it was needing to have made mainstream. And it's not that. I mean, the hotel, the motel siege is really, really well done. And it's very, very tense. And it's the kind of stuff you expect Bigaloo can do in her sleep. And she does it really well. Yeah. Um, I'm not, I'm not damning it with faint praise that she does, but, I don't know the the before and after. There's like the before. There's this, one of the characters is like a lead singer in a band, and it's like about him wanting to get a record deal and stuff. And it's a bit like, oh god, really? And then the aftermath of that towards the end, and it just it doesn't. It it feels inessential because of the way it plays out the characters when. You do just you do just think it's gonna be angrier. John Boyega's character is really, really interesting for the vast majority of his screen time, but then he just is. It's obviously based on on truth, but the way his arc ends up, it just it kind of just stops, and mm. you expect. I mean, I, I don't know. It's a really conflicted character. 
and they set him up as being conflicted and then there's not really an ending to his character so and anyway detroit it, it is it, it it really was disappointing um yeah yeah, that, it is because it, 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 it had all the makings of, and it, it looked really fucking good, looked punchy as hell, and then it just, I think, my, the, the fact that it kind of, it came and it just disappeared without a trace for me. When that film came out in, what was it, August? Yeah, it was late August. That, it, that for me made me go, hmm, that's weird. <laughs> that's weird for that film to come out in August. That feels like they're just gone, this hasn't quite worked, let's just dump it. And hope that fucking everyone just goes, oh look, Guardians of the Galaxy, <laughs> or something yeah. like that. Um, after it, so they don't notice that we've even released it. <laughs> yeah, I it just it, it it feels like a better film could have been made quite easily. Yeah, um, and you know, I know we we've said on this show in the past about like why. You know, Black Panther, why does it have to be... Why does the production team, like, kind of have to be predominantly black and whatnot? Can, Mm. you know, these stories not be told by people of all kind of races? And I'll be honest, Detroit's kind of changed my mind on that. Um, It feels like... It's a film... I don't know. It's a film about the black experience in America made by... With the key creatives being white. And I th- like I say, I think they get their sums wrong. So it, it, it does, it, I don't know, it, it, it does make me question myself there, and it's probably a healthy question to ask. Um, but do you know what? A Black Panther, black cast, black characters, set in Africa, or like a fictional area in Africa, fuck it, man. Maybe, you know, maybe a black, black filmmakers should be making that. You know, I, I think they probably fucking should. If you know it, it, it I, I don't know. It, it 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 does make me it does make me question myself, and that's great. I'm glad I'm questioning myself. Yeah, yeah. I I I I just I think that it was always going to be a difficult film to make. It was always going to be a difficult subject to make. I think that yeah. There's been. I think. I think it's a dangerous ground stepping on. Uh, with that it's like saying oh this film's gonna be set in um set in hong kong or we better get a better get an asian director I, I, to do I, it I, but i mean i think it, it really it depends on what i suppose it depends on what the subject matter is um so i, I mean with black panther i suppose I, I, I we don't know is it is it going to be a film that strongly reflects the black experience and it could well be, to be fair, or the African experience. Um, so maybe that's appropriate. With Detroit, it is a film about really, really horrible things happening to people for no good reason other than fucking vile racism. Mm. And it's being made by a white team who... I they, I don't know. I think they they just get get it wrong. They get what people should feel at the end of this film wrong which is weird yeah it could it's i just i just think that yeah that there could be that that they just they just they miss base with it tell you what it's an e1 film so it'll be on netflix at some point in the relatively near future 
watch it then come back to, I'd, come back I'd, to me I'd go as far as to say that I actually I, I'm just not sure Mark Boyle is, is, is that great a writer that, well yeah I mean that there is that as well you know it mm. just I, the Hurt Locker is a the Hurt Locker is a fantastic film. Wasn't he a war journalist though? I think he was. Yeah, um, In the Valley of Ella's a, a, a decent film. Um, Zero Dark Thirty is an intense film, mm. but it's just I'm just not sure he's he's the right person to write that movie. Okay. And yeah, yeah, maybe maybe it should have been written by by by, by a, a, a black writer, but I don't I, I don't I don't think that you need to have personally. This is just a personal opinion. I don't think you need to have um, a a black writer and a black director um, and things like that to tell social issues, be it which race that they're, they're, they're from. But then again. I'll then get accused of, well, yeah, you would to that because you're a, a white guy. And it's like, well, that's fine. Do you know what? Then I will have... <laughs> if we're not allowed to have fucking opinions, then... it's Yeah, I mean, I don't, I don't think it's that you exclude people from having creative input and whatnot, but it just... It's in order to... With a film like this, I'm, I'm, I'm being... I'm trying to make myself clear on that. With a film like this... That is about, with, yeah. that something that directly part of the of, of the American black experience. Mm. It feels weird that you're getting Mark Bowl and Catherine Bigelow as the people, that, at least after watching it, because it. Walter I know, Hill you, you years need... ago wanted to do a film about this. Sorry, Walter Hill years ago wanted to do this story. I mean, that, his would have been a more genre inflected piece mm. I, i'm assuming yeah he, he wanted to he wanted to he wanted to literally just focus on the the hotel which i i, I think this film should have been mm. like, he, that... he wanted to do it and i'm sure it, it, he wanted to to use a, 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 in a very similar way to what, what he did he wanted to use basically a, a very an unknown cast you see that makes sense, um, but it, but he wanted to use an unknown cast for all of the um, the his idea was he wanted to use an unknown cast for the the black roles within it and then the white roles within it to use quite recognisable um, genre actors because he wanted to, he wanted you to 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 essentially to feel that I don't recognise that they're there's a there's a familiarity to them but there's not to that and he wanted to kind of add that to the balance and the tension of it you see that that i think that 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 would have worked um but moving on because we've talked quite a bit about detroit and you haven't even seen the fucking thing so um, yeah 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 um what's your number five man death note yeah this was this was almost in my list yeah death note it's um it should have been better it's just you know it, it it should have been better the there's a creative team there whereby we were all very impressed with what they did with the guest and then they've made two movies since and it was a little bit like right okay there was a little bit of hope for these guys and then now it's a bit like well 
It's a bit like, what have you fucking done for me lately? Yeah, to, be, um, to be fair, Simon Barrett didn't write Death Note. It, no, he, he, he didn't, no. Um, but it just... It, it felt like something that, that ran away from them. Like, a good idea, and then once they actually got into making it, it was like, right, beyond these few cool visuals, we've kind of... We've not got the story right, so fuck it. Here's a Ferris wheel. I mean, well, yeah. Oh, God, that fucking ending. Um... Uh, but William Dafoe was spot on. That was, he was at least perfect casting. Yeah. Uh, the lead guy wasn't. Oh, at he all. was fucking awful. Jesus yeah. wept. It's um, yeah. I'm actually kind of surprised that's not on my bottom ten. Uh, I, I, the more I think of it, actually, is I'm looking at it going, and it's probably worse than some of the movies that are on my bottom ten. But then some of the movies in my bottom ten, they're, they're kind of there a lot of them because it's like. Just why did why, why bother? Yeah. Whereas yeah. I can see why they bothered with Death Nut. Yeah. Fair enough. Um, so what's your number four? My number four is David Michaud's War Machine. Um, you know. Yeah. I, 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 fuck man, David Michaud made Animal Kingdom. They did yeah. the Rover, and the Rover was rubbish. But then it was like, right, here's a big, big statement Netflix original film. Brad Pitt in the lead role, really yeah. good supporting cast, and then you get. This fucking mish, mish, mishmash of Cohen's and also trying to be serious, but just get like I watch Warring because it's a it better wrong. version of that movie. Yeah, well, yeah, fair play. I, yeah, it just it's such a fucking nothing film is War yep. Machine, and my yep. god, it shouldn't have been. Um, nope. Yeah. Anyway, we reviewed it. Show still available. Number four, War Machine. You're number yep. four, bud. The Snowman. Yeah, this is coming. The Snowman. That's, <laughs> it, that's you know, it's a Nordic thriller that stars Michael Fassbender, mm. Val Kilmer, mm. Rebecca Ferguson. Mm. That should be a really fucking good movie. It's directed by Thomas Alfredson, for fuck's sake. Directed by Thomas it Alfredson. Should that, should, that should be a really good movie. It's set in the fucking snow. Yeah. All movies that are set in the snow should be great. That's a good point. So why is it so boring? Mm. <laughs> yeah. I don't want to say anything. Uh, yeah, go. What's your number, what's your number th- three? Uh, my number three is Ben Affleck's Live By Night. Um, like just kind of sque- in terms of release dates, it kind of just squeaks in there. But um, yeah, uh, fucking bad film, man. Did you get around to this? I didn't because I, every time I sat down to watch it, I went, "Do I care? Is this something that I can watch in three years' time and go, eh, yeah, it probably is. So yeah, I'll watch something else. It's just, it's it's bizarre. I mean, I, I don't know what Affleck's been doing the last few years. It just, it's, I mean, Batfleck, it, he's all, you know, he's all right, but it kind of feels like his creative juices aren't being sated, but then he makes it, Live By Night. It is, it's a little bit, it's a little bit like he went, right, you all love Gone Baby Gone. The town was a great heist thriller. I won a fucking Oscar again. I've got two of them now. How can I set fire to my career again? Hmm. I might get divorced and make some shit movies. Yeah. Quite. Boom. <laughs> I mean, yeah, I mean, adaptation of a Dennis Lehane novel, which has kind of been pay dirt for filmmakers of, yep. in, 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 the, in the recent past. Um, and he makes this film, which is this fucking kind of sleepy, 
gangster thing where Affleck can't decide whether he wants his character, his lead character, to be sympathetic or not. Um, and it's it feels episodic. It, it runs around all over the place, and it just yeah, Jesus what, fucking Christ, what happened? Um, mm. Yeah, live by night, Bobbins. You're number three. My number three is a film that I didn't dislike. I just I, I, when it finished, I went. I wanted more out of that, mm. and I didn't get it. And it's Jim and Andy. Uh, so, yeah, it's a fair shout. In the sense that mm. it was, it was just an, an interview with a guy where they're asking him questions, and he's been very open and honest with these questions. But they're not asking. They're not. Go, they're not going. Hang on a minute. We've got this guy sat there who is quite basically quite willing to answer anything in what he is, what we are perceiving as being an honest way. I don't think that that Jim Carrey's putting on an act there. I think he is just being quite self-reflective and quite honest in, in that. They just they don't they don't go any further than they feel comfortable with doing, and they they kind of should have. And it ends up just being bits of this footage which is amazing to see mm. but then it gets caught between two stools of doing a essentially a documentary about Jim Carrey's career and about that one particular film and I just it, it just missed the mark for me and it should have been I just I wanted so much more from it because I felt like it was there to fucking take and they just for me personally, they just they didn't take that amazing opportunity that they had, and also as well, I, I'm not sure how comfortable I am with it being right. Well, is his is his creativity him just being a fucking prick? <laughs> because it kind of seemed like it, didn't it? Yeah, kind of seemed like it. Kind of seemed like he was it like. When everything was shut off and everything was there, he was kind of going, I can't believe I'm getting away with all this. What the fuck can I do next? What the fuck can I... How how far can I fucking push this? Uh, and you get the feeling that it maybe shouldn't have been allowed to do it. And people going, oh my God, what an amazing artist he is. And it's like, or is he just a brick? Yeah, yeah. <laughs> because... I get the feeling if he was doing that for Liar Liar 2 and not Man on the Moon, people would be going, he's just a fucking prick. <laughs> yeah. Yeah. Pretty much. Pretty much. If, if that film was directed by Adam McKay and not be lost Foreman, people would just be calling him a fucking prick. <laughs> yes. So, yeah, no, there no, you go. I agree. Yeah, no, fair point. Um... What's your number two? My number two is the Red Turtle. Right. <laughs> fucking Turtle it, fucking movie. Yeah, it's like it, it's not going to be on my bottom. Yeah, well, they wouldn't be on my bottom tanks. We don't duplicate these uh, any of the, no. the films on these lists. But it's um, it's really well animated. The first half or so is lovely. But you know, I fucks a turtle, and, it, <laughs> and then it's like it's a turtle woman, and then they have a turtle kid, and then. And I'm sounding like I'm just not being open-minded to it, but 
uh, you know, a lot of people have been calling it like one of the best animated films in years and stuff. And it's like, cool, enjoy your turtle fucking. That's great, brilliant. Like, <laughs> like, it, it it just it's like, and it's just the fact you know it was a Ghibli co-production, um, you know, and it's it's the only fucking. Oh god, it's the only Ghibli film that is streaming on Prime, and it's just, and it's this. Yep. Like what the fuck, fucking like I I wish Studio Canal could pull their heads out of their asses and fucking like seriously, if the Ghibli films were thirteen ninety nine to buy on iTunes, I'd fucking do it. I would, I would pay thirteen ninety nine to have Totoro just streaming. You know what, Studio Canal? Why don't they just do one of those fucking channels that Prime have got at the moment? Yeah. Pay four ninety nine, you get all of Studio Canal's. Uh, you get a, a large chunk of Studio Canal's back catalogue accessible on Prime. Yeah, like I'd, I'd pay it. I'd, I'd yep. pay it. Like it, it's, but this, it just, it's. I get it's tr- trying to talk about big moments in life. Guy fucks a turtle. I just, I was out. I, I just, I can't. Nah, nah. And it's just the first half was so good. It's this guy yeah. stranded on an island and trying to get off it and not being a fan of this turtle. But then he becomes <laughs> too much of a fan of the turtle. He fucks the turtle. Yeah. It just, like, it just, no. Anyway, yeah. Red turtle. Number two? Justice League. Okay. Should have been better. Yep, should have been better. That's that, 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 that's all I'm going to say on Justice League is it should have been better. Yep. <laughs> I, uh, I still I still love the fact. <laughs> oh, sorry, you cut out for a sec there. What did you say? I, I, I still love the fact that Noel genuinely adores that movie. Yeah, no, good on him. Like, <laughs> yeah, good on him. You, let your freak flag fly, Noel. Like, good for yep. you. Um, I, I, do you know what? I, I just I I want two things from the Justice League now. I want a tash cut. I want the fucking mm-hmm. Tash cut mm-hmm. with the Tash mm-hmm. not edited out. Mm-hmm. Because when they said, CGI, we can do anything with CGI. Look, we there can make go. fucking worlds explode and we can build all this shit. We can make you think all these things are real. But we cannot edit out a Tash. You cannot make <laughs> without, a man look like he's had a shave. Without it looking fucking weird. Yeah. It does look weird as well. <laughs> it looks so weird. Um, yeah. There we go. Justice League. My number one is the snowman. Yeah, yes, I can see that. I like, can see why that film should be better. Let the right one in. Stunning. Tinker Tailor Soldier Spy. Love it. You know, we we've got we got Fassbender. We got Charlotte Gainsbourg for God's sake. Yep. You know, Val Kilmer, like you say, Toby Jones, like all these all these people. Rebecca Ferguson, like you say, like. It looks like it's going to be a good, solid, made-for-grown-ups thriller. Mm. And then it's Mr. Police, I Gave You All the Clues and Ominous Shots of Snowmen. Literally, the lovely, lovely Tesla that the woman drives in the one bit was the most interested I got for the entire film. Yeah. Like, it just... That film... The dreariest fucking looking... Uh, it, it's probably the most realistic, but the dreariest looking police station in the world. Oh, God, yeah. Yeah, yeah, It's yeah. just so fucking dreary. Cause it, it, 
I don't want to see. I, I don't want to see a dreary police station. <laughs> Why are you spending so much time there? Yeah, I don't. I mean, like Alfredson basically came out the the week after it came out, saying he didn't get enough time to do it, and it was all a bit of a rush job because schedules got freed. And, and, and whatnot. And, you know, it's like if the director's literally saying that a week after their film came out, you know there was trouble. And yep. I, I, I think I said on the show a, a while back that it was, it was weird to me that this didn't play LFF. And mm. so something must be up. And it's like, oh, we know what was up. Yeah, yeah, yeah. <laughs> so, Absolutely. Yeah, The Snowman, it's not a very good film. Um, yeah. And it's really, dis- really bloody disappointing. You're, you're number one. Alien Covenant. Okay, yeah, it's it 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 it's fine, but again, it's just Ridley Scott can't make his mind up what the fuck he wants to do with the Alien films. Does he want them to be a horror film, or does he want them to be something more? And I kind of get the feeling he wants them to be something more, but nobody else does. Mm. Mm. And so we end up with just this this weird mesh of at some point really well done but quite standard fucking straight to VOD um, sci-fi horror stuff mixed in with just fucking up your entire the entire world that's been built within that franchise and it just doesn't make sense smart people doing really really fucking dumb things which is a trope of horror movies that's fine but it's a trouble of horror movies when it's horny 17-year-old kids, not when it's fucking the world's best scientists that have managed to fly fucking spaceships to go and build new colonies. 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 Yeah, that was weird. Yes, yeah, yeah. Right, and then they just fucking do dumb shit. Oh, I'm a creepy android. Come over here and have a look into this weird egg-shaped thing. I don't trust you, but I'm going to look in there. Oh, you've got me. You've got me. Why did I fucking trust you, you creepy bastard? Yeah, just should have been better. Yeah, yeah. Should have been better. I'm, I'm not going to say anything. Um, okay, so let's... <laughs> Better be our film of the fucking year now. <laughs> <laughs> uh, let's, let's move on then. So uh, your number seven, sir. My number seven is Dunkirk. Okay, cool. Um, now, it's interesting that you said that you that this would have been top five material. Yeah, it would have right? been top five, yeah. And then you rewatched it Last at time. home. Yeah. And it's gone down. Yeah. I purposely haven't rewatched it because I had a great experience watching the cinema. I watched it on film. Um on um it wasn't 70 mil but it was i watched it on 65 mil um, film and it was uh sorry 35 mil film and it was brilliant and i enjoyed it that and i but it's it's weird because it is almost like watching two versions of the same film because i'm next time i'm watching it, i'll be watching a digital copy of it so it won't be the film copy it will be a digital copy so it will look different some will argue it will look, and I'm doing bunny ears, which is the bad thing to do. Some will argue it will look better. But will it? Now, where the film is set and the time the film is set, that 
actual look that film gives you lends lent itself so perfectly for me to to this film and to this period until this story that is it going to feel jarring to then watch it looking so fucking pristine maybe so that's why i've kind of avoided watching it because i thought it might go down it might go up i might watch it and go do you know what i was fucking wrong this looks amazing <laughs> um and, and it's not but i'm i'm happy for it to sit uh in in number seven for me i'm happy for it to sit in that place because it might drop down and it might go might it might go down further or it might go up but i'm i'm quite now i'm i had such a a perfect experience watching it and the film i think is fantastic the way it's not a linear story it's you've got three things that are happening at the same time but you're seeing them in different you're not seeing them overlapping you're seeing them out of sync uh, i think is very is an interesting way that for, for nolan to do that i also think it was quite it shocked a lot of people when it came out that it was only going to be an hour and 45 minutes long and i was like what hang on a minute chris nolan's making a story about the dunkirk uh, evacuation and it's not two and a half hours long. Yeah. What the shit? This is weird. And then when you watch it, you go, do you know what? He's told the story quite perfectly in that amount of time. It shows a filmmaker having the confidence to go, do you know what? I don't need it. Don't need an extra half an hour. Would I have watched an extra half an hour? Yeah, I would have done. But in that extra half an hour, you can make so many mistakes that can tilt it so it doesn't quite you don't quite hit the mark i think that is the film he's found is that film and i i think it's 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 also a great feat in the fact that how it was made and the fact that there's so many practical effects the fact that the fucking the spitfire that we're seeing tom hardy flying is an actual plane that's just attached to another plane that's being flown it is just it's just well we could do it with this, we could do this. Well, can't we just have an actual fucking Spitfire? Well, no, because they don't work. Will someone can work out a way around it then? Yeah, we can do this. And we edit out the wires. Yeah, let's do that then. It is just, it, it's the scope of what Nolan does rather than you get some directors and not right or wrong, look at it and go, right, how can I get CG to make my movie better? He yeah. looks at it and goes, how can I, how can I go the other way? How can I use practical to make my film better? And neither of them are right or wrong. It's just different filmmakers using the the the, the amazing tools and the amazing skills of people um, to different effects. No, very good. I mean, like I um, the the thing that brought it down for on a rewatch for me wasn't actually the uh, the kind of the scope and whatnot. I mean, I I watched it through. Um, uh, headphones and th- like it's still the, the sound design and the music are fucking immense mm. like it, it's that what Hans Zimmer did there where basically the music was sound design um, yeah. is is incredible um, but it, it just actually it was the, the narrative a bit more for me like the, the Mark Rylance on the boat section just it's not as it's not as engaging as the rest of it, even though it's it's you know it's got some interesting thematic stuff going on there about post traumatic stress and you know the, kind of almost the madness of war. Um, it's not as thrilling as the Tom Hardy stuff, and it's not as tense as the Fred following the um, 
the like the lads trying to get on a boat and like the kind of the nightmare that they then go through um so it, it did just go down because of that for me i i i it's it's an incredible film is dunkirk well it's an incredible achievement is dunkirk yeah i am slightly obviously slightly cooler on the film than i was after walking out of it in the cinema which is fair enough that that, that, that can happen on rewatches it could be one of those you'll watch again in a couple of years time and it go back up yeah. it might go back up it yeah. might go further down that, that that's 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 how these things kind of work. You, you, you can often have, for instance, we I think in the first one of these we ever did, like six years ago, mm. we both had The Grey as our number one movie. Oh god, yeah. Um, I've not watched it since then. No, do you know what? Neither have I. Even though, even though I have been itching to, I have I've been itching to, but I've not yet. But I still think it. I, I still think when I watch it, I'll go. Why haven't I watched this more in the past six years? <laughs> mm. I don't know. That that's one that it's like God knows what we're gonna what we're gonna do at the end of the decade. But that's one that feels like could be something for decade talk for me. Yeah. Um, you know. So yeah, we'll we'll that fucking film is so good. Um, it is. Right. Cool. Uh, so. Uh, were you, were your you, number seven. Were you, were you good with Dunkirk there? Yeah, yeah I'm, I'm good with Dunkirk. Yeah, yeah. yeah. So your, your number seven. My number seven is S. Craig Zahler's Brawl in Cell Block 99, which I'm pretty sure is going to come up later. It's going to come up later on. Yeah, okay. Um, I'll just say my piece now. Um, yeah. I think it's like just elevated B-movie heaven. You know, yeah. Vince Vaughn is incredible. The, the the twists and turns that the film takes are wonderful. It is long, but it doesn't feel its length. And when the violence comes, it's cathartic as fuck. <coughs> so yeah, brawl in, a brawl on cell block night uh, in cell block ninety nine. Maybe we'll have a bit more of dialogue in a bit. Uh, Maybe your number six. My number six is the uh, the lost city of Z. Good choice. Shit, uh, the, good choice. The, the, the James Gray movie. Um, it, it was a weird one, this one, because remember when this came out, uh, it, it, there was a week where there was like three movies, wasn't that? <laughs> and I made us do Power Rangers. <laughs> and, uh, no, there, 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 wasn't that, there was three other movies other than Power Rangers. There, wasn't, there was three like big yeah, movies. Yeah, it, it was. Yeah, it was a busy weekend. Just, the times never added up. And then I literally, it was like, we got down to it. And I remember been at work and going, right, um, the, the, the two we've got it down to either is the Lost City of Z or Power Rangers and you said to me we'll do the Lost City of Z because re- are we really going to do Power Rangers and I was like do you know what we are doing Power Rangers because that was your shit when you were a kid and I feel I, I don't want to be the person that takes watching Power Rangers away from you at the cinema. And you know what? We both really enjoyed Power Rangers, and I'm glad I saw Power Rangers in the cinema because we had fun with it. It was a fun movie to watch. And we got to listen to the Power Rangers uh, theme tune in the middle of that movie on a big screen. Oh, when that that. kicks in, though, that is joyful. And it's fantastic. I, I, you know, yeah, it's not going to be on any of the lists here, Power Rangers, but I had a good time with Power Rangers. So, yeah, I was, was, I'm glad we did that. But then I had a good time watching The the Lost City of Z and I just, I, it cropped up and it was 9.99 on iTunes and I thought, 
fuck it. I was going to pay more than nine ninety nine to go and see it in the cinema. So I'm paying nine ninety nine to watch it now. Um, and James Gray is one of those one of those filmmakers where he's he's a very good filmmaker. He is. There's no getting away from it. James Gray is a fantastic filmmaker. The problem is, quite often, nobody wants to see his films. And that's the problem. That's yeah. why... It, and I think, from interviews I've read with him and from things I've heard him talk, he talks very well about it. He's a very intellectual man. He sees himself as a proper autoristic filmmaker and he should have been one of the authors of cinema in the 70s he really should have been because we'd still be talking about him today uh but he's not and it's why he has to bitch and moan that he has to have a regular day job it's like your regular day job is probably quite different to what an actual regular day job is james so maybe turn that down but then you've got this epic kind of adventure movie that is at points touches on being kind of like a more controlled apocalypse now <laughs> um at points where it's this guy it's percy force it's essentially descent into kind of madness at what he's trying to go through and you're kind of looking at half going are you a dick for constantly leaving your wife and your kids there or are they just fantastic people for telling you to go and do this and accepting the fact that this is part of you and that keeping you at home would be wrong in them because the reasons why you're the person you are to them is because of these passions that you have. Uh, and I just thought it was a, 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 a really incredible movie to watch. It looks fantastic. The, the fur traded scenes where you've got these, this opulent, kind of den in the middle of the fucking rainforest is just bizarre and and fantastic it's 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 a film where people say they don't make films like the lost city of z anymore and it's like they do because somebody made the lost city of z you just don't fucking look for them enough yeah 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 um it's i mean it's a pretty special film um just in so much as it's Basically, James Cray doing it, or Gray almost his version of Fitzcarraldo. Yes, um, it, yeah, and it is, that was the other thing I was, I was, I think I was, when I was saying. It's like a pocket down meets meets Fitzcarraldo. Also, as well, Robert Pattinson is fantastic in it. Yeah, yeah, no, no, he's oh god, yeah, he's very good, and I, I, I do like how Robert, Robert Pattinson doesn't insist on being the star in the films no. he stars in. Um, that yeah, that end shot as well is a killer, mm. like fucking stunning. Yeah, good shout, man. Um, yeah, it's one I, it's one I think you could come back to and maybe enjoy even more. Yeah, I think I think it's it's a, it's a film. I do think that it's one of those films where in in ten years' time, people were going, "God, that's a fucking good film." Mm-hmm. <laughs> cool, very good. Um, Go on, watch watch your number six. So my number six is Paddington Two. Um, fucking brilliant well done <laughs> yeah yeah it's great it just it's the loveliest bloody thing Hugh Grant is fantastic and he got fucking nominated for a BAFTA in, in the week which is incredible but he deserves it he fucking rinses the shit out of that role um, 
I mean, like the CG, the CG for Paddington is just actually flawless. Um, and it's like the first film, its message is relevant and timely, but just lovely. You know, just everybody just be a bit nicer to everyone, please. Why the fuck not? Um, you know, be more tolerant. It's a really fucking good message. Yeah, you know, like be more tolerant and respectful of others and open to new things. Um, but at the same time, don't be afraid to have a laugh. You know, not everything, not everything in life has to be deathly serious and world changing. Um, but it's a book about a bear that wants to buy a present for his auntie. <laughs> you know what I mean? Like that's what kicks it all off. And it's just this really wonderful thing. The, the, the last five minutes or so before the credits are insanely overwhelmingly emotional but then during the credits you've got Hugh Grant doing a song and, song and dance number in a prison <laughs> you know Shit. That, that sounds really quite good it's fucking hell of a film is Paddington 2 hell of a film it just they did it again good on them yeah, yeah Paddington 2 fuck it it's brilliant good uh, Okay, so we'll do our fives and then cut for another li- uh, another uh, different list. Um, yeah, yeah, can do, yeah. Sweet. yeah. Okay, uh, number five, Mark. <laughs> You're not going to like it. Okay. <laughs> the Greatest Showman. No, well, no, come on now. I didn't hate The Greatest Showman. No, you didn't hate The Greatest Showman, yeah. It's, 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 it's fucking mine. rubbish, but I know how much you like it. Good for yeah. you. It's my number five. It's... Um, I haven't come out of the cinema feeling that kind of happy in a long time. <laughs> Not that, great. you know, That's I've great. come out of cinema. That was brilliant. But coming out going, that's fantastic. And then I'm actually, I, I'm actually double dipping with The Greatest Showman as well. Because <laughs> nice. I'm going to see it again tomorrow night because Bex wants to go and see it again. And Bex insisted that I say this. It's her best movie of the year. Good for her. By a fucking mile, she's said. Yes, um, she's literally... She's, she's, Becky's not one for playing um, soundtracks for things, but has had the soundtracks on for like the past two weeks. It's it's become quite the cause celebre for like quite a lot of people who have seen it. Um, yep. And it's, it's like steadily, sneakily made money as well. Oh, yeah. Yeah. Um, yeah, I'm going to look it up, but it's done well over 10 million over here, and I think it's just about to break 100 million in the US, which for an original it's, musical... It's it's just shy of 200 million worldwide at the moment. You know, good and, and good for it, man, because it's busy at the moment as well. Yeah, and it's, 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 it's one of those where it's making more money weeks after it's been released than it was in the first few weeks, because... You've got sing-along shows going on now and stuff like that. They've, they've, they've kind of gone with it and gone, here you go. If you're going to enjoy it, we're, we're, we're gonna, it's, it's making money, not because more people are seeing it, because people are going back to see it again. I will watch The Greatest Showman again, and I'm actually yeah. kind of looking forward to it. Yeah, just... I say, I, I'm, I'm going, um, we're recording on Sunday night, I'm going tomorrow night to, to see it again. It's... There's, I, I'm going back and I'm, I'm thinking about it and thinking there's just there's so much joy in that movie that, that, I, that I that I love you know the the fact that 
you've got that bar scene with uh, Zac Efron and, and Hugh Jackman, where it's almost like Zac Efron kind of going, and I, I said this a few weeks ago, but I'm fucking going to say it again. It's almost like Zac Efron going, I've come full circle now. I can be all right again with the fact that, you know what? I can do this singing and fucking dancing shit. And I can still be in things like Baywatch. Mm. I don't have to. Fuck it. I'm proud of the fact that I was in high school fucking musical. And, you know, I want to be the showman that Hugh Jackman is. I want to fucking do that. Because if he can do it, why the fuck can't I? I shouldn't be funny about this. And he, he does it fantastically well. And then you've got Rebecca Ferguson. I know it's not her singing, but blasting out that fucking song, which is just incredible and a filmmaker going fuck it i'm gonna give you a song that is a woman stood stationary on a stage for four and a half minutes mm. while essentially a record fucking plays are you gonna watch it and be enthralled i did watch it and i was enthralled so yeah i i i adore the greatest showman and it, it genuinely it is it could have it could have been higher but the rest of mine is such a such strong movies that it's it, 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 it's sitting at number five, but it's a high five if you get what I mean. I tell you what, when the inevitable music co- a musical comes out and it plays the West End, we'll go. Yes, <laughs> I would love that. It's gonna happen, man. It's like, gonna happen. It it's is. gonna happen. It is like, like yeah, good for you. Thank you. Um, What's your number five? My number five is War for the Planet of the Apes. Um, oh, so yeah, it, it it's actually kind of dipped a bit down, which yeah. is only because there's I, I you know obviously the films above it I've I've kind of I I enjoy I've preferred I've gotten more out of I suppose, but this is the one I was kind of referencing earlier on when it was you were talking about Logan and saying like you can kind of forgive it stuff and it's. I am a little bit like that with this, to be honest, but it's apes, so they just kind of almost get an artificial extra half star for me. Yeah. Um, which is kind of the, the way I'm going to fucking marry this up in my head. But, you know, the the sequence with them all in prison is maybe a little bit long. Uh, or not in prison, but in that like almost yeah. like detention camp thing. And when your film is knocking on two and a half hours long, you know, if there's some fat to remove, then remove it. Um, but I love the fact that it is so apes-focused. It was a very ballsy thing for Matt Reeves to do, but he did it. He showed with the first 15, 20 minutes of Rise... Uh, no, uh, Dawn, for the, uh, Dawn of the Planet of the Apes, that a film of that could be really interesting and he does it i mean yes woody harrelson is there and he's he's good um and the the way they tie the mythology with the mute humans in is fine i think i think it works um the ending of the film i did drop drop tears uh, both times I've seen this, um, I, I, I think the ending is remarkable, um, and just on a technical level, that film is something else. It's it was a film that came out in the summer and that kind of feels like it shouldn't have. Um, it was just the fact that the other two did, and I think it made less money as a result. I think you bring this out in September, October, and 
it would it would have made more money. Um, you know, it was a crowded marketplace over the summer as it always was. And this, I actually wrote a, a thing about it for DudeInTheMonkey.com, uh, well, kind of mm. referencing this about uh, marketing and like w- whether we should actually watch trailers. And before, when, whenever we talked about the, the marketing for this, before going into it, I was very, uh, I'm not sure this looks fucking, like it could just be a, a sludge, a, 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 a sludge, a trudge or whatever. Um, and I didn't think it was. I think it earned its darkness and the redemption arc of Caesar, I thought was fantastic. It's, and it, it didn't really lose anything on a rewatch either, uh, which was, which was good. Um, I'm sad that it looks like this is it for now. Yeah. For these films. Um, but at the same time, we got a heck of a trilogy. Yeah. Apart from, even though Dawn is not as strong as the other two, but Hey, um, yeah. Okay, cool. Okay. Um, top five surprises. Yeah. Sweet. What's your number five? Triple X, the return of Xander Cage. Good man. Yeah. Um, shouldn't be as entertaining as it is, but it, it is. And I was genuinely shocked at, at how entertaining it is. And I've watched it a couple of times. A film where it's, it's basically got made for the indulgence of, uh, Vin Diesel. Mm-hmm. He's, he's essentially he's used Fast and Furious to go I want you to make another Pitch Black movie we don't want to make another Pitch Black movie I don't want to make another Fast and Furious movie we'll let you make another Pitch Black movie right I want to make another Triple X movie we don't want to make another Triple X movie well I don't want to make another Fast and Furious movie right fuck it yeah we'll make another Triple X movie and then it, it ended up being really quite fun and quite entertaining I've rewatched that and I haven't rewatched Fate of the Furious <laughs> Yeah, actually, yeah, yeah, same. Fuck yeah, I've had Fate of the Furious on iTunes since it came out. I haven't fucking watched it yet. Um, yeah, I, I, I enjoyed Fate of the Furious, yeah, uh, and I'm yeah. sure I'll enjoy it on a rewatch. Yeah, but that Triple X: The Return of the Kid is fun. It, it's it's just, really fun. It's just the fact that everybody in it and all the filmmakers involved know it's a comedy, apart from Vin Diesel. Like, I just, yeah. I can't stress that enough. He yep. thinks he's in this badass action thing. Everybody else is basically laughing behind the camera at him. Donnie Yen knows he's in a comedy. Oh, fuck, man. Fucking, what's his Tony Jaa. Yeah. Like, every single time he's on screen, he's either eating something or smiling. Like, he's <laughs> having the best fucking time. He is. <laughs> yeah, that, yeah, there we go. God, that film. Yeah, good man. Um, okay, my number five is uh, The Dark Tower. Um, you know... Everybody said it was shit before we saw it. And I had a good time with it. I thought McConaughey's greasy fucking southern fried villain was a good time. I thought the gunslinger was a really interesting character. I would have liked to have seen more. I think the world it presented was really interesting. It's visually dynamic. um, And it's an hour and a half long. It's not to like. Madness that that film was an hour and a half long. Yeah, it gets a lot packed into that hour and a half. Uh, but yeah, no, it, um, Dark Tower, good shit. Yep. Um, my number four uh, biggest surprise is King Arthur. Because, again, that movie, again, it's another one that shouldn't have been as much fun as it was. And I mean, this comes up quite a lot in my in my biggest surprises. because. But then again, is it a surprise? Because... 
it's Guy Ritchie. He's 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 making good shit at the moment. But yeah, King Arthur. Um, it's it's taken a bit of a pasting, and people have slagged it off. But it's a good time. It, one of those films where I'm like, you've got to stop taking everything so seriously. Yep. Yep. Um, yep. Uh, my number four is uh, Ghost in the Shell. Um, you know, American-made remake of classic anime with Scarlett Johansson playing an Asian woman. Yep. Uh, but it looks brilliant. The world building is fucking fantastic in this. Does movie. look fantastic that yeah. movie? Yeah, Scarlett Johansson is very good. I think they actually do some interesting shit with the fact that it is a white face and an Asian mind. Mm. Um, they they lean into that quite heavily in the film, which I think the film is maybe not given enough credit for actually doing. Um, Most people are just angry about the fact that it's that rather than actually looking at it. it, it it's angry without watching something. Yeah, yeah. Um, it, like this, I do not believe Ghost in the Shell is whitewashing. It, it you know, it, it. I mean, like the fuck the supporting cast alone show that I. There, there are a number of different of actors of different nationalities in this film, you know, and it's not just American actors or Asian actors, you know. I think uh, the guy who plays the dude with the the glasses, I think he might be Dutch or something. Um, yeah, I think he is. Yeah, but you got uh, Benoche's in there as well. Uh, you know, fucking Takashi Kitano, obviously. Um, shit, fucking Peter Ferdinando's the villain. Uh, like, so you know, you got a good mix there. Um, yeah, I look forward to watching Ghost in the Shell again. Number four. Yeah. Number um, three. Valerian. Uh, yeah, mm. it, it, again, mm. for the same reason as my first two. Um, I, I was just shocked at how how much fun I had with it. it it's it, it shouldn't work. Um, the lead character um, is not right for the role, is what I would say, but still does a, a fun enough job within that. Um I didn't think Luke Besson had this in him anymore, <coughs> but he does. It's essentially a spiritual remake of uh, The Fifth Element, but it works. It's a lot of fun. It's, what is it, fucking $200 million it costs? Uh, yeah, something like that. It was nearing, super expensive. Nearing $200 million, and it's never, ever going to make that back. Ever, 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 ever. But I'm still going to have fucking fun watching it every time I watch it. Because it's a fun movie. <laughs> very good. That's it. Yeah, very good. Um, my number three is uh, King Arthur, Legend of the Sword. Fucking yes. Shouldn't, fucking shouldn't have been. You know, like you say, it's like, why should it be surprising that Guy Ritchie made a decent film? Because he generally makes decent films. Decent films, yeah. Um, yeah, you know. Um, so... I think you said it all, to be fair. Um, number two? Number two. Um, right, I'm, I'm going to posit a situation for you. Um, right? McGee is making a Netflix horror comedy, <laughs> and it's starring Bella Thorne. Right? At the start of 2017, in that, are you going to go, oh, that can't end well. Or are you going to go, that's going to be enjoyable as fuck. <laughs> You'd go, that isn't going to end well. 
Do you know what? It's enjoyable as fuck. <laughs> the babysitter is a great fucking time. And also, at the same time, it's a great time. It's a great entry into that horror or a comedy genre. It's It knows what it's doing in terms of um, horror. You've got Robbie Arnell, the ma- magnificent fucking scene uh, that just fucking killed me, where the kid's tied to the chair and he wakes up after being knocked out. And the first thing he asks is, why isn't he wearing a shirt? <laughs> is magnificent mm. the fact that they then they then go seriously is that the first thing you ask why isn't he wearing a shirt and then it's also him as he's running around chasing after the kid that he's trying to catch and he's doing the the noise from friday the 13th is brilliant and then the fact that he gets pissed off because the kid's taking shit from a bully and tells him to stand up for himself and then goes i like that you did that I am ever still going to fucking kill you, but I respect you more now. And it's I'm pissed off that I'm going to kill you, but I'm still going to kill you. <laughs> it's just there's so much going on in that movie, but it's also a really good time. And Samara Weaving is just fantastic in it. And let's be honest, looks incredible. And then she she crops up in another movie that I think we're going to discuss later on. Um, and he's, he's great in her little cameo in that as well. So yeah, the babysitter. Um, I, I, I'm actually now tempted to fucking rewatch this again tonight, to be honest, because it's such a good time. Very good. Uh, my number two is Jumanji: Welcome to the Jungle, um, because that thing should not really have worked. I don't think uh, reboot of Jumanji, but this time it's in a video game. Uh, it's directed by Jake Kazdan, who has just not made an actually solidly good film ever um and yet here you've got this really lush vibrant shot on location for a lot of it thing with jack black and again you know like jack black looked like it was going to be quite a lazy role but then in Mm. the film it's really interesting and he plays it fantastically Karen Gillan, you kind of, it looked like she was just going to be like the token hot girl, but she has quite a lot to do in it, and she's she's funny and sweet. Um, the Rock is, is is as strong a leading man as you could expect, and Kevin Hart's also funny. You know, um, the villain is not great, but aside from that, Jumanji: Welcome to the Jungle is a really really good time, and it's made a fucking shit ton of money uh, uh, worldwide. Uh, uh, Has it? I, I, I was literally just about to check that. I think it's at how around, well done. It's at around six hundred mil global. Fucking hell! There's no way they could have expected it to make that money. No, they did that much money. They they straight up didn't. I mean. Yeah, Shit, it, that, was, that was released the week after Star Wars. Star Wars. Yeah, that's that's the thing. It, but like, people are kind of coming to it now. Like, it's been made. It, it it's uh, number one in America again. It made like I think You're it's joking. on for about thirty million dollars this weekend. Last Jedi's on for about fifteen million, and it like so. I mean, obviously, it's not going to make as much money as Last Jedi, but it more than held its own. Um, so yeah, bravo to that movie. Yeah, and it's because it's good. That's the it is. Thing. It's it, it's again. It's it, it's it's fun and, and often surprises. The ones that I often put within surprises and I want movies where I've had fun with them, where I've gone in not expecting a lot and come out going, well, shit, that was good. Yeah, quite, quite. Um, yeah, so yeah, 
Jumanji Welcome to the Jungle. Well done. Um, number one. Biggest surprise, uh, Trainspotting 2, or T2 Trainspotting, okay. uh, as it is. Um, it, it, it dipped on rewatch for me. Uh, it would have been around my top 10. Um, but it just, I think, I, I, I saw more um, of the negative stuff in, um, in it when I rewatched it. But I still think it's a, it, it's, a, it's a better movie than it has any fucking right to be because my worry about going to Transporting 2 was going to be that it was just going to be too much nostalgia porn and too nostalgia baiting. And it was like, why? I don't get it. I don't get why they're doing it. But there must be a reason for them to do it. But I don't know why. And I got in and it was like, actually, there isn't any reason other than the fact that there's a, that, that there is kind of a story to tell there. And it's... It was a brilliant kind of breakdown into this um, this kind of weird little pocket of uh, of society that kind of it got lost a little bit, and you know that they it, it shows a group of people who you go in and you're thinking, well, they'll have either completely fucking sorted their lives out or they'll have completely fucked everything up. And it's like, do you know what? We're, we're just, we're in the positions we probably would have ended up in anyway. Had we not done all this crazy shit 20 years ago. You know, we're just, the, we're the people we were because we're not good people. We're, we're all living shitty lives because we're not good people. So why don't we be not good people and go back to having fun? Because we tried acting like good people and it didn't fucking work. I find that uh, uh, that the ending of that film I think is fucking chilling. It uh, is like that that last shot where it it's just like oh fuck man like it just yeah he's you know he's he's back with his mates and whatnot and kind of like on the face of it it's kind of a kind of a happy end but at the same time he will probably be dead in a couple of years time through some sort of fucking mishap. It's, yeah, it's it, it, it's. Uh, I'm more. I'm thinking about it now. The more I'm thinking, I don't know why it wasn't on my, my, my on my ten. I think I, I I think I rewatched it at the wrong time. Mm. So yeah, it, it really. I was quite. I was, I was quite shocked at how, how much it fucking got me that movie. It's um one of my favorite moments in in films in 2017 as well when um they're uh kind of like they're talking at the girl him and um yeah sick boy and just like sick boy just comes out like they start talking about the bot john barry music like the bomb music and just going <laughs> like what is it he says like it was filth like filthy music or dirty music or something yeah like it's, it's, just, it's filthy yeah filth it is filthy yeah just yeah. like the way he like fucking wraps his mouth around that dialogue as well it just it's Wonderful. I, I do want to rewatch Trainspotting too. I don't the, think it would be popping up on my list, but I do want, want to yeah. have, have another crack. The way they, they attack the choose life thing as well in the actual mm. in the in this film is great because they kind of they they bring it up and they say we used to do this thing of choose life and you know we just say random fucking things and then and then it, it, it almost it, then it builds up and it builds into this kind of like this breakdown of the, of the character. Where before he's been quite confident and quite my life's great and everything like that, and it's then it's, he goes off and just starts going into this breakdown of just fuck I'm I hate my life and I hate myself and I hate everything and fuck it fuck this. It basically is it's the moment of realization for him that that the, the, the only kind of joy that he's had in life and the only success he had in life was when he was a shit. Yeah, 
And he was good at that. He was good at being a drug addict. Mm. The only thing that he didn't do was he didn't hit peak drug addict and overdose. Yeah, yeah. And it, 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 it's a... Which is a horrible ending. It's a horrible realisation to come to. But it's kind of... It, it's a weird... Um, st- he stared into the abyss and what he saw was... Ah, oh, fuck. Right. Fuck it. Let's go. Yeah. Oh, fuck. I, don't, I actually don't want to think about it. It's fucking, yeah. Oh. Um, yeah. What's your number one? McGee's The Babysitter. That film no! should not have been good. <laughs> Fantastic. Yeah, straight up. That film shouldn't have been good. And you, you're absolutely spot on. Like, that, it just, it's a really, really, really fun time stupendously yeah. fun time and where the fuck did that come from yeah I don't, exactly. I, don't, I, I don't have anything more to say like just well done yep very good uh, okay so we are into our top four yep Mark number four three billboards outside Ebbing Missouri um so we will now drop review. up later on does it crop up later on for you? Yeah. Do you want to review it when it crops up later on? I do you want to review it now. We'll do it now. It's my number three. Your number so, three. I, I tell you what, if I just so I don't lose my place, if I do my number four now and then we'll yeah. do the do that yeah, review. Yeah, that makes that makes more sense. Yeah. Cool. So my number four is Yorgos Lanthimos's The Killing of a Sacred Deer, uh, which Mark watched uh, today. I'm yep. assuming will not be coming up later. No. What did you think? I think if it gets you, I can see you going on a good ride with it. Because <laughs> it got me. Like, I... What's but in... It, Sorry, it, go it, on. It, it, but, it, it, but... The thing is, it's the thing is, I don't want to be mean about a film that's your number four film of the fucking year. Because no, that, feels, it, that feels a little bit... It, it, it feels mean spirited from, from from me. Um, I didn't get on with the um, fucking essentially reading like a fucking kid reading out a story at assembly. <laughs> I fucking love that. It, it didn't, I, 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 I think it was just clunky, shitty dialogue delivered by really very good actors. They're all very good actors. But it's just this, like, fucking weird, just left of Ian, Ian, uh, Ian um, how, how, uh, how what resistant is your watch? What? There's, there's, oh, right, yeah, sorry. No, fuck it. Sorry, how, just because we were talking about my Fitbit off, uh, like, on WhatsApp earlier on, so I thought... How, how, how many, how many, how many metres is what resistant to? It's water resistant to about 20 metres. Right, is it water resistant to about 20 metres? Yes. I've got two watches. One of my watches is water resistant to about 50 metres and one of them's not fucking water resistant at all. That, there's, <laughs> there's so many conversations about that. Not every fucking... It, it, it got to the point of where... <laughs> when he said to his kid, there's some good moments in this movie. There is some good moments. A kid falls out of a bed, laugh my ass off. Yeah. It's a good moment, though. Colin Farrell throws his kid to the floor. Laugh my ass off at that. Then he leans over and says, oh, why don't we tell each other a secret? 
and I'll tell you a secret, and you can tell me a secret, and then we'll each tell a secret to each other. There we, we, we'll do it. I'm thinking, oh, great. What weird, creepy, sexual bullshit is this going to be? Oh, spoiler alert, by the way, people thought, is it? He once jerked his dad off while he was asleep to see how much he came. Oh, fucking just, oh, just juvenile bollocks. <laughs> but again, if, if it got you, do you know what? Fine, I'm glad people went on a fucking journey with it. That's That's cool. But it just for me, it, it, he's clearly a filmmaker that I just do not get on with. Uh, I think that much is clear. I don't know. It just my experience in the cinema watching this was something else because there were fucking people in that cinema who did not know what, like obviously did not have not seen Lanthimos's previous films, and the nervous fucking laughter coming out of some of the people in that screening was delicious. Like, I just think it's the most pitch-fucking-black what-the-fuck-am-I-actually-watching what the stuff. I think it's incredibly provocative. Um, I think the performances are fucking brilliant. I think the, the lad, uh, played by Barry Geoghegan, like, the fact that he was in this and he was George in Dunkirk in the yep. same year is mind-blowing. But you're the only... Yeah, but the thing is, the filmmakers have never mentioned this as being a black comedy. They call it a psychological horror movie. I think it, I think it is a horror movie. It just it's it's also I f- I find it very very funny. Bill Camp was in a lot of movies this year, wasn't he? Yeah, he was. Bill Camp was a very very hey that guy this year. Yeah, like Hostiles, Molly's Game. Yeah, because he wasn't in Hostiles. He's the journalist, wasn't he? He is a journalist. Yeah, yeah. yeah. Uh, this and uh, it just. Did you not like it when Colin Farrell kind of freaked out in the Cole Kidman in the kitchen? No, I thought it was crap. Oh my god! All right, fine, I, I, fine, you know what? Fine. That'd have been fine. It'd have been fine, but then they had to add pubes into it, and it just it felt juvenile again. If that had been, we need a fucking whale's tooth and a virgin's tears and all this stuff. I'd have been. This is quite amusing. He's been sarcastic, but then it, it, it's there's got to be some kind of some kind of sexual element to it, and it just it it's that coupled with the bullshit that was the lobster just made me go, <laughs> oh my god, will somebody get him a fucking prostitute so he can have sex, and then we can get rid of this crap? I feel really bad that I got you to fucking watch this now. Never mind. That's fine. That's fine. I, but it did. I did finish it and went. I, I clearly don't get this filmmaker because I don't understand what the fuck is going on. Why people are lauding him? I, I, I don't get it. So I'm just not going to watch it anymore. I'm not going to watch any of his stuff. If, if some, if it comes out and he makes a film and it wins every fucking award, going at everything, and people are going, why would you watch it? I'll go because I watched the fucking lobster and the killing of the sacred deer. I just can't. I, it, clearly, what he does just doesn't get. I, I, I just don't get it, and I might be wrong. It, it happens a lot, <laughs> but do you know what? That's it. I just, I, I it, it doesn't. I, I don't get it. I just don't get it. Okay, three billboards outside having misery. No, go on. I, I, I want to. I want to. No, go on, because you, 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 that was yours, wasn't mine. So you should be saying what you thought was great about it. No, no, no. I mean, I think I think I kind of did. To be honest, I just think it's this fucking mental morality tale, mate. Like, which would not 
would not have been made by anyone else. Like it's a, a singular film. Um, I think the score is terrific. I think some of the, the the shots in it are really evocative and moody. Um, I think the sound is cracking. Um, and and yeah, I don't know. I'm I I'm in. I was into that vibe, and it was just a cinema experience unlike anything I had this year. Um, so yeah, I just good I'm, for you. Yeah, no, fine. I'm, I'm you know. I'm sad. I'm sad. I, I I'm kind of sad now that I don't hate the Greatest Showman. So that you know, I don't know. Who knows what else is going to come up on your list anyway? So we'll see. Um, so three billboards outside Ebbing, Missouri is written and directed by Martin McDonough and stars Francis McDormand, uh, Sam Rockwell, Woody Harrelson, um, a bunch of other like hey that guys. Oh, Peter Dinklage and John Hawks are in it. Yeah. Um, so yeah. Uh, story, uh, Francis McDormand uh, plays a uh, mother of a girl who was raped and basically set alight to um, in the months after uh, no no success from the police. She puts up the three billboards, uh, basically asking why uh, Chief Willoughby, played by Woody Harrelson, has not really done anything on it. Um, or it seems like he hasn't done anything on it. Uh, in the mix as well, you have Sam Rockwell, who plays his kind of like racist deputy um and uh it kind of goes on from there i suppose mm. uh so three billboards obviously it was your number four this year mark it's my yeah. number three so we we both really liked it uh why did you um martin mcdonald is one of the most um uncompromising uh writers uh, you know working today both in uh, theater and in um in cinema, he's got a he's got a wit to him that is that he's incredibly cutting. Um, and then um, when um, sorry, he's got a message there from no, I know what he's watching. Um, it, yeah, it, 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 you know that this is going to be cutting, and you know that you're going into it. I, I was kind of going, I know this is going to be quite upsetting and quite brutal but not in any visual way, just in the way that that Martin McDonough is going to deal with these um, with these characters in these situations. And that's what you, you get. It, it's, it's a story of a woman so fucking consumed with grief and rage that she's lashing out at everything, even the people that are trying to help her. And she almost knows that what she's actually doing is, is no good, but it's, it's all that she can do now. She's just imploding with, with just grief. And that's how it's coming out. And it's a, you've also got all these other things going around it. Um, there's bits that, that, that happen that you think, Oh, well, that's going to happen at some point. And then bang, it happens. And you go, Whoa, that came out of fucking nowhere. Um, uh, it's fantastic performances, fantastic writing. Um, I think it's a movie where if you, if you want to get to the end of it and you want to be pissed off, then you can be, but it's a little bit like, do you know what? You've gone into that and you've watched a two hour, a fantastic piece of filmmaking for two hours to come out of it, to have the same opinion that you had going into it, because that's the opinion that you wanted to have coming out of it 
Yeah, I mean, the, um, I find the backlash to it quite interesting just because it's obviously that element of the film is not what Martin McDonough is particularly interested in. Um, mm. it's, it, is, it is background. Um, yeah. And Sam Rockwell's character does not get a redemption arc. He's still fucking <laughs> horrible by the end of it. You know, like, he's not... I mean, yeah, all right then. He's sorry for throwing a guy out of a window. You know, he doesn't express any remorse for fucking... He's, he's a hothead. Hotheads do stupid fucking things. But, I mean, the the, the end of the film, it's not like he's realised the error of his ways or anything. No, he's still a prick. Yeah, and it's like, basically, yeah, I'll fucking go down this rabbit hole with you and help kill like, kill this guy because I haven't really got anything else anymore. Yeah, I ain't got know. anything else to do. Yeah, yeah, I mean, that's pretty much what it is. It kind of feels like if he had something else on, he wouldn't be bothering. Um, yeah. So, yeah, it's... I mean, yes, the, the black characters in the film are somewhat sidelined. Um, black characters in a lot of films are sidelined. Um, but at least they... I, I don't know. It, it doesn't feel like Martin McDonough is one of the bad guys in this yeah, great I, fucking divide. It, 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 it's a film set in Ebbing, Missouri. Yeah, yeah. I mean, that, that, that is it, though, isn't it? It's a, it's... If, you, if, if, if you set... And, 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 and I'm being honest here. If you set a film in York... Right, and somebody turned around and said, "Well, there's no black people in that." It's like, there's not, there's like, it's like this isn't a racist thing to say. There's just not that many black people living around you. There's just don't know. There are there are black people living here. I've got. I'm going to do the fucking Donald Trump thing and David Cameron thing. He said, "I have many black friends." I do, but it's not like you're going to walk down the fucking middle of the street and it's going to be like a thirty seventy split or anything like that. It, it it's just. You can't put characters in there that, that that aren't there. I don't know. I suppose it's just the fact that he has that history of beating up at least one black prisoner while in custody or something. So it it is like he is bringing it up, but he's not really. It's it's background to his character about how horrible his character is. I mean, would you know? In the end of the day, they probably could have gotten away with just not with with having that, but not having any black characters on screen at all. And one then of there the one of the still be like trouble about that. So one of the properly one of the few because there are a few in this. The very outside fringe characters are the characters that are actually just nice normal people. Yeah, the yeah. characters that are in the foreground and are, are, are all fucked up in weird ways. Mm. And then you've got the nice fucking guy of the guy who's putting up the billboards. Yeah, who is very much like you know goes and says look. We kept these. <laughs> you know, yeah. didn't need to bring him back. You know, he's doing that. He's doing that not for her. He's doing that for his end. Mm. He's doing that to attack Sam Rockwell, not to attack, not to help her. That's his little way. He can he he can get back at something. Mm. He can use that what he's got to, to to attack the problem. And it's a small victory for him, but it's a, still a fucking victory. Yeah, no, quite. It just, it's, um, but I mean, to the film as a whole, though, it, it's one that seems to genuinely be able to make you laugh in one minute and then the very next minute have you contemplating shit. You know, yeah. it, it, it juggles, it, it balances its tone so very, very well. Um, and it, t- it takes someone with 
a great amount of intelligence and skill to pull that off. And that's obviously what and Martin McDonough has those in spades. Um, yeah. I mean, it's very, very, very funny in moments, yeah. even though I think the second half is a lot less funny than the first half is. It still gets its moments. Which which, which makes sense from a, from a filmic um point of view from a, a, a writing point of view you, yeah. you get people in you get people come to the last and then you hit them with everything else you you hit them with a moment where it goes <laughs> bang oh sorry were you laughing a second ago and then you go oh, i was yeah all right you might laugh a little bit more but there we go but I mean, yeah i mean like late on it's got peter dinklage's line like what i'm paraphrasing slightly but Penelope actually used the word begat. <laughs> yeah, that, that's a fucking great line. Yeah, you know, like, with, yeah, which, which, which is wonderful. Um, and, yeah, I, it, it just... But you're right, though. It's the people on the fringes who are, who are like, the nice ones. It is Peter Dinklage, and it is the, the guy who puts up the billboards. Um, you know, and to an extent, it's Woody Harrelson as well, and he is on the fringes because he's not yeah. in the film for the fucking second half of it. And it's Penelope. Uh, she's yeah, great. Yeah, yeah, she's a yeah. great character. Yeah, her, her explaining why she no longer works at the zoo. Oh yeah, God, when she's just standing there. No, yeah, it's <laughs> wonderful. Um, so yeah, I don't know. It's it's a film about female rage and about vengeance, and it's very very human and unflinching in how it basically ends with that with Rockwell and McDormand knowing that what they're doing is not really going to actually have any positive effects on the world but they're going to do it because it's going to make them feel better yeah it's a, it's a very selfish movie yeah 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 exactly um yeah i mean like oh peter dinklage as well just that line fucking um yeah i, I, I you know I, I I just I just wanted to hold your ladder or whatever it was, you know. It yep. just and I actually literally got people going ah in my screening, um, yeah. which was something like multiple people. Yeah, that, that. But yeah, that's the thing. And he's a nice guy, and she basically turns him down because she's not a she's not that nice a person. Mm. Um, yeah, it, it's and I mean Jesus fucking Christ, man, he covers up the arson for her you know it, 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 yeah the fact that, she, that, that then she she tells him sam rockwell in the what is it in the car you know i need to tell you something what is uh, it and he goes well duh of course it was you yeah who and else it, that's the moment where she goes yeah yeah he just doesn't give a shit yeah he just he, he just doesn't give and then you've got the great moments of her walking into the what is it and calling him a fuckhead <laughs> and then him answering <laughs> yeah no that's yeah no that's great that's great I, it, it, yeah it's it's a very, it's a very brave film and a very unflinching one, and it's. I think McDormand deserves the the recognition she's getting. I mean, I think everybody does. And fuck, man, if this is a film that wins Sam Rockwell an Oscar, then great. Yeah, it's the thing is, the thing is, there are other best supporting actor performances that could get it, but if Sam Rockwell gets it, it is a little bit like well. I'm fine with that. It's a fantastic performance. Sam Rockwell's playing an arsehole. Sam Rockwell isn't an arsehole. We all know that Sam Rockwell isn't an arsehole. Um, and let's be honest, Sam Rockwell has been one of the most charismatic and entertaining character actors of the past 20 years. Hmm. 
You know, the fucker deserves an Oscar. This is the type of thing that will get it. Sam Rockwell could end his career with a couple of Best Supporting Actor uh, Oscars. But it's just, it's kind of like, people have been saying, oh, he's only going to get it because it's his time. It's like, well, yeah, that happens to a lot of actors. And it is his time. But it's his time because he's delivered solid supporting performances like this for 20 years. Yeah, yeah, no, quite. I mean, it, it feels like his main composition is going to be um, Willem Dafoe because the thing with Willem Dafoe in the Florida Project is that he plays someone who's normal, mm. like which is it, it, Willem Dafoe very, very rarely does, and he's very, very good in the Florida Project. He's by far the best fucking thing about the Florida Project, but I do not want the Florida Project winning any fucking Oscars. Sorry. Um, <coughs> uh, so. And, and, and I think Sam Rockwell would deserve it over Defoe, as much as mm. I really like Defoe. Um, oh, fuck, if he... No, do you know what? I take it back. If he wins the Oscar for the Florida Project, that's fine, because he's willing Defoe. But still, I, I'm not happy it's for that. But film. he's got one. Has he? I'm, I'm sure he hasn't got one. Didn't he get one? I'm sure Willem Defoe's got an Oscar. Hmm. I'm unsure about that. Let me double check. Um, while while you're checking though, it, it just it's um, I don't know. It, it's it, like I was saying earlier on. Um, it's we're, we're no, he's had two nominations: oh, nominations. Platoon and um, Shadow of a Vampire. Okay, that makes sense. Um, Shadow. Oh God, yeah. Um, what was I saying? Yeah, it's it's like we were saying with the Snowman earlier on, where it's just like it's a, kind of a made for grown-ups film that you don't get as much in cinemas anymore um but it also feels cinematic enough to be seen in a cinema you know there's some good tracking shots in there the 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 billboards themselves are do look good on a big screen they've got impact um and uh yeah i it's a very 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 strong piece of work yeah, it, it really is. It, it, it's incredible. There's there's bits in it that like you said earlier. It, there's, you can go from literally one minute laughing out loud to going, oh shit. And then there's there's bits where you're actually where it starts. To, you can see something about to happen. Like the the moment she walks in um, and says, "I think that midget wants to." Fo- oh, hello. Yeah, yeah, yeah. <laughs> and you, you, you go. Ah, oh, it's a McDonough brother movie, and there's a priest in it. This isn't going to end well. This really isn't going to end well, no, is that, it? That's, that fucking monologue was wonderful as well. Yeah. Like, that's just it, cracking. It is. And it's it, you're going, do you know what? There's a lot of rage in this movie. There's a lot of angriness in this movie. And it's coming from every actor and every character and the writer as well. Absolutely. But it's also funny. Very, very, very funny. Yeah. Yeah. It really is a brilliant movie, and in any year it could have been a lot. It could have been a number one for me. Yeah, actually, to be fair, it, it's it. Yeah, it could have been number one for for me in in some years, but it's um, my two and my one. I'm happy with. Um, okay. Which uh, speaking of which, then, man, your number three. My number three is Brawling Cell Block Ninety Nine. Solid. The Craig Estella movie. Um, I won't talk too long because you, you spoke about it a little bit yourself, and we we talked about it not too long ago. Um, I, I 
the reason why I think this has resonated so and it's quite so high for me is it's a fantastic movie. I think I said when we we spoke about it, it it's it, it reminded me of, 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 of very much of kind of like Alan Parker movies uh, of the seventies um, and eighties. There of that kind of stylistic, grimy, gritty kind of icky look. Um, and the you know the the lowest of the low level in the prison, and you're looking at going. That's just a it's a place you throw people to fucking die, and that's what they've done. But he refuses to fucking die. Um, it's Vince Vaughn has no better, will never be better. He will get no recognition from it, and this film should get no recognition for it because it, it's not the type of film that should get buzz in like that. Like you say, it's a B movie. Mm. And it, that's, it, it lives within that, and it fucking rolls around in that, and it, it fucking loves it in that. It's got fucking Udo Kier in it, for Christ's sake. It's magnificent within that. But then, I, for, for like days after it, it was still in the forefront of my brain. I'm still going, I, I, I'm still gobsmacked I watched that. That, 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 that. that got made, that somebody made that with the guy out of fucking Wedding Crashes. Yeah. Yeah. Wow. Uh, and I'm still thinking like now, uh, it, it's it's so it, it's such a visceral movie to watch. It's uncomfortable. The violence is out up, but you look at every fucking bone break, face smash, face drag, everything that looks like that. What Craig Estella, as uh, Craig Estella has done, is he's made you feel everything that's happening there. You're going, oh. That looks like it really fucking hurt. Oh, God, yeah. And that sounds like it really fucking hurt. Oh, you're going to show me it as well. That looks like it really fucking hurts. I feel really uncomfortable now, but I cannot stop watching. Uh-huh. And it, it it takes something for a film to do that nowadays, for you to, for you to feel that, that uncomfortable, but enthralled watching it. It really is quite something. Fucking right, man. Good eye. What's your number three? No, number two, sorry. My number two is Hostiles, um, which uh, will be coming up later, I'm pretty fucking sure. So yeah. I'll, uh, we'll, I'll I'll leave it for a sec. Um, your number two? Wind River. Okay, good shit. Um, very much a, a, a my type of movie um, for, for this. Um, I, I've been a fan of what... Um, the, the, the films that Taylor Sheridan's uh, written so far. And this is his directorial debut. So people are saying, well, actually, he did direct something a few years ago, but it never got released properly. So um, it's it's that the, the, the movie that The Snowman should have been, this was it. Oh, yeah, it's a good way of putting it, that. Yeah. Okay. Um, and also, as well, I, I mentioned and said about. Um, Martin Madonna being one of the most uncompromising writers in, in, in cinema. I think that Taylor Sheridan is, is also one of those. It's this film is, is very, very good. It's very, very good. And it gets to a point where you're watching it going, this is very, very good. This is very, very good. And then a moment happens where it goes from being very, very good for me anyway, to being, holy fuck, this is fucking, this is another level. And it's that uncomfortability that it puts you into where it makes you feel, Shit, and when I, people walked out of this movie when uh, I was at the cinema, quite a few walked out. Yeah, and okay. I, I thought, do you know what? 
yeah, I can see why you're walking out. I'm not going to walk out. And it's not because I've got more of a stomach or anything like that than those people who walked out. It's just, it comes and it deals with a situation and all spoilers all the time gets, it deals with a situation like rape, which is a, a hideous thing. And it shows you it in this hideous way. And that quite rightly should be for some people to go, nope, and go away. That That's fine, but it does that. And then it, it just, for that, it, it gripped me and had me going, right, this is, for me, this is just next level of, of, of filmmaking. It's a, it's a Western that's not a Western, which is fantastic. Um, it's a murder mystery there's a proper murder mystery um it's got two fantastically performances by jeremy renner and elizabeth olsen and it just it's still got me thinking about it now yeah good shit i watched it months ago i i I genuinely do think it is a really fantastic movie and again we say it quite a lot on the podcast for when people say you know we don't get these type of movies made anymore we do just not enough people go to fucking see them mm, mm. because they're going to see Thor Ragnarok twice that's a good way of putting it man yeah um, you don't need to see Thor Ragnarok twice do you know what it's the same fucking film the second time you watch it so it's The Greatest Showman the, no, that, that, is, that is it The Greatest Showman's the same film but my daughter wants to go and see it because she's been listening to the soundtrack and I thought three ninety nine. Fine, I'll go and see that fine. again alright I'm, I'm just joshing with you uh, uh, that, that's fine but you, you, you're completely right but it's just Wind River's the sort of thing that people watch on Netflix and go that's fantastic that's amazing why don't we get more of these films because you've watched it on Netflix that's why mm. if you go to the cinema and, 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 and watch it you know yeah the cinema's expensive but it's usually two and a bit hours worth of entertainment for the price of two pints. Yeah, uh, I mean, I, I wasn't as high on Wind River as you were, but I'm, 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 it's good. I remember how into it you were, so that's not a surprise. Good, good on you, man. Thank you very much. Right, bottom Go ten. Bottom ten. Yes, it is, isn't it? Oh. Okay, let's just fucking race that's through it. these. Let's race through these. Yeah. Okay. Uh, my number ten, uh, Jigsaw. Um, Fair it's not it's not been that bad a year so i kind of feel i almost feel bad that this is in my bottom 10 but it's not very good and i mean the spirit brothers are interesting filmmakers i'm not entirely sure what they're doing making this i'm hoping it's so they get got money to make something else yeah quite yeah uh your number 10 uh unforgettable the, was the, that? Catherine, the Catherine Heigl movie oh, that we went to see at the cinema. God, shit. Yeah, we reviewed that. The, the Heigl and the Rosario Dawson. Yeah. Shit. Yeah, we did watch that, didn't we? Yeah, it's shit. It is Don't get I enjoyed it, but it's shit. Yeah, I think that might be why it's not on this list. I How can't... the fuck did that film get released in cinemas? Yeah, that's mental. You're right. You are right. Um, oh, Good shout, that. Um... My number nine is uh, The Great Wall. Uh, Zhang Yimou yep. getting Matt Damon and Pedro Pascal to star in a big old turd. Yep. Like, it's fucking bad. That is a bad film. Yep. My number nine, The Mummy. It's just not very good. Yeah. I've watched it twice. It's just not very good. Yeah, this was that, that, was, that was close to my list. Um, number eight, Netflix original, A Christmas Prince. Because, of course... <laughs> 
Fair enough, yeah. yeah. Number eight, Netflix original, War Machine. Yeah, fair enough. It's just, it's just, it's just shit. Yeah, yeah. My number seven, Fireman Sam, Alien Alert. Because what the fuck is David Tennant doing? Oh, fuck yeah, he was voiced in that, wasn't he? Yep. That's it. That's all I've got to say on that. Right. Uh, number seven, Netflix original, Sandy Wexler. Why did it get made? Yep. Uh, that's coming. Uh, my number six, the Pierce Brosnan techno thriller IT, because nobody needed it. Like, just no, just, just fuck off. Nobody needs anything that says Pierce Brosnan in. Yeah, that's that, that's kind of also true. Yeah. Uh, go on, yep. bud. Uh, number six, uh, the Nicole Kidman and Colin Farrell starring The Beguiled. Um, the 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 mark was bored shitless. <laughs> Fair enough. <laughs> on that one, that that was actually in my twenty five, the top twenty five. Um, do you know what? Yeah, again, I think I remember saying when we reviewed it, I, I, I just I, I I just didn't it didn't get me, yeah. but I'm glad it got you. Fair enough. Yeah, I know I enjoyed it. Well. Uh, my number five is uh, Sadako versus Keiko. Uh, <laughs> like just because all it is is like a collection of death sequences from those two films and then they have a fight at the end. <laughs> Fuck it, it's shit. It's really fucking bad. Anyway, uh, your number five. five. Is the Colin Farrell and Nicole Kidman starring Killing of a Sacred Deer? Okay, fine. Sorry. No, that's cool. I mean, like, shit, man, you had Sabotage in your top ten one year and I had it in my bottom, so, you know... I did, yeah. <laughs> that, that, that's just fucking, yeah. Which, well, yeah, yeah. Th- th- thanks for proving that I'm a fucking idiot. <laughs> <laughs> um, my number four is the Netflix original Sandy Wexler. <laughs> like, just how fucking... Isn't that film, like, two hours long as well? Two hours ten? Yeah, that's that's nuts. Like, what, just... Uh, yeah, I mean, of course it's shit. Just of course it's shit. But the thing, I mean, some of these uh, Sandler, like the do-over was fine. Fine. Yeah. Ridiculous six. I, I don't remember hating. Yeah. The, the it's not an Adam Sandler one, but the um, Life and Times of an International Assassin or whatever it was uh, called. True Memoirs of an International Assassin. That's yeah, it. that was that, fine. That was fine. <laughs> yeah, Sandy Wexler. Fuck you, that is a bad film. Um, yeah. Okay, you're number four. Uh, the Netflix distributed The Circle it, it's just crap shit how the fuck oh my god do you know what you know I said I, you know I said I felt bad about Jigsaw yeah I completely blanked The Circle right remove Jigsaw um, yeah yeah you're gonna, you're gonna, are you going to put The Circle at 10 or are you going to put it further up no yeah I'll put The Circle I'll put The Circle at 10 yeah that, that's, that's 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 fine but yeah okay Jigsaw you're out Circle you're in yeah uh, yeah, that film's fucking bad. Um, yeah, it is really bad. Number three, Netflix original Naked. Uh, <laughs> because I have to see everything that Marlon Wayans is in. <laughs> yep. Yep. Your number three? Number three, Netflix original The Discovery. 
Oh, really? Yeah, just, I, I really didn't get on with that movie. Yeah, so I, the, 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 the movie that, that, that just is right. at pains to tell you how pretty Rooney Mara is. And yes, she's very pretty. Mm. She is. Uh, yeah. My number two is the Emoji movie, because fuck you. <laughs> Fair enough, yeah. My number two. The Netflix original. Nice. <laughs> the Mayo It Stories. Okay, all right. Just because people are smart doesn't mean they make smart movies. It's fucking bullshit. <laughs> it's fucking bullshit. Fuck, man, we like Netflix as well. Um, we do, we really like Netflix. And it feels like we've shat all over it, but we're, we're like champions of it at, at, at points. Um, my my worst film of the year uh, is the director video Voodoo. Oh, yeah. Uh, yeah. talking about this. Yeah. Um, for a fresh, I think just because I've had less paid writing assignments this year, but less horror films than there are usually in this list. Uh, yeah. But, yeah, Voodoo, man. Voodoo was a bad fucking film. Um, looked like it cost 20 quid, and... Ron Jeremy's in it for fuck's sake. So even though it kind of looks like they literally recognised him in a bar, gave him twenty dollars, and said, "Do you want to be in this film for thirty seconds?" Um, yeah. What? There's another film he's in in shot, isn't there? I can't remember what it is. Like a big movie where he's he's in like a street scene. Oh really? Yeah, I can't remember what it is. It's a random one where he, where he just happened to be in the street. What is it scene? But you can see him quite clearly. But it's like a family movie. Oh wow. Yeah, I know. Uh, but yeah, your number one? Mother. Wow, okay. Yeah. All right. Yeah, it's bollocks. Yeah. Bollocks, okay. bollocks, 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 bollocks. Okay. Just, yeah, just bollocks. <laughs> I can't. It's just not... <laughs> I'm telling you, man. If anybody else other than Darren Aronofsky makes that movie, people don't give a fuck. Yeah, and it gets it, get, it gets fucking panned. Yeah, it could be the exact fucking same movie, <laughs> and it gets fucking panned. But because it's Darren Aronofsky, people think some people will think that it's genius and ah, oh, it's such a comment on life. Is it? Is it though? I mean, is it though? I don't think it is. It's misogynist crap. How that film has got away with what it got away with in our current fucking climate, I have no idea. All she needed was somebody to stick a fucking baby in her. And that'd cheer the bitch up. You're right, though. That's Yeah, you're right. Okay, fair enough. Um, I fucking hate that movie. I know. Uh, so... <laughs> It's, it's now in my brain when, when people go, oh, Mother, isn't it fantastic? My brain has to tell me to say, don't punch him in the face. Mm. Okay, let's get on to happier times. So, apologies, because I think I kind of spoiled it, but you're, you're number one of the year. Hostiles. Yeah, good stuff. Um, just because I, I, I genuinely think it is a proper American classic. Mm-hmm. It, it is, it's magnificent. I think you described it best last week and said it is literally the full gamut of human emotions in one movie. Yeah, it is. It really uh, is. 
and that's a that's a really difficult thing to do um in you can do one emotion or you can do two or three emotions you can do negative emotions or you can do positive emotions to do everything and to do it that well it does it, it feels it almost feels like that's when Michael Tremino was starting to make Heaven's Gate, that's kind of what he envisioned. And it just didn't happen mm. because he got too embroiled in his own fucking ego and the politics and the opulent side of that, of the, um, the Jones Gate, um, civil war there. But then what, um, Scott Cooper has done is somehow, be it by fluke or design, has managed to make a perfect movie. And that's really difficult nowadays to make a perfect period movie mm. without doing something that is that then falls in a, a, a genre pick. Because you could, like, it's not. It, it, it happens to be a western that's a period drama, but it's not. It's not going, well, we need to do this because it's a Western. We need to do this because it's a period film. We need to do this because it's this. And, I mean, as, as we were saying, like, most of the violence is off screen and the violence yeah. that you do see on screen is, is it, I, it's almost there for theme than it is for, like, viscera. Um, mm. You know, I mean, like, particularly um, a, a bail at the end, like, take, a scalping the guy. Um, you know, and just that fucking howl. You don't, the oh thing is, you don't, as well, you don't see it. It's mm. away from camera. Mm. There's no... Some directors would have would have gone, we need to get a shot from... To be fair, S. Craig Zahler would have gone all in. It would have gone all in, because it would have been a very different movie. It mm. might have still been a fantastic movie, but it would be a very different movie. Yeah. But Scott Cooper's not... He's not interested in showing you that he wants he doesn't he's not telling you that moment isn't telling you christian bale's story you're not seeing it from christian bale you're not you're not watching christian bale do do that you're viewing rosamund pike seeing what christian bale is doing Mm. and that is the point that's the it's the emotion of it not the act of it that we're watching and it's very difficult to do that. You don't see it an awful lot in modern cinema because we're about the the act. We're about quick. I don't want to have to think about this. I want to fucking see it. I want to deal with it. I want to be pissed off about it. And I want to move on to the next fucking thing that I want to see. Deal. Pissed off. And I want to do that. I don't have to think about how that's made me feel. I don't want, I don't want to explore the fucking the grey areas. I want black and white. And this is a film all about grey areas. You've got a main protagonist that's actually not a good person. Ben Foster, fuck, is there to tell you he's not a good person. Yeah. He's done more shit than all of us. And then you've got Rory Cochran. He's having this great fucking, this tragic epiphany that he's not, that, that's it. And he's saying, I've killed about everything that moves. I've killed babies. I've killed, what's it? But then you, you're sad to see him falling into this, but he's not a good person. Or is he a good person in a time where people weren't good? There's so much going on with it. It's, it's such a, a brilliant piece of cinema. Yeah, yeah. No, I agree. Um, also, and as well, it doesn't give a shit about its fucking politics. It's not trying to thrust politics onto you. It's thrusting people onto you. Yeah, it's 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 going to be... It's going to be discovered by a lot of people 
in coming years. And I think there's mm. going to be a lot of how the fuck didn't that get nominated for everything. Yeah, it, it, it's going to be that movie where in, 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 in five or six years' time, people are going to be going, ah, were we really putting Get Out at the top of our list that year? Shit. <laughs> Yeah, no, I, I I agree. Like, yeah, I mean, like, get out it's, a it's, good movie. Yeah, it is. It's a good, it's a good movie. It's a film that defined the year. It, it, like I think like I said last week, doesn't make it the best film of the year. Mm. Um, good. I think I know your number one. Go on. No, I you, you, you would say it, but I think I know it. Rooney Mara Pie Eater. Rooney Mara Pie Eater. Um, yeah, so I rewatched uh, a ghost story um, over the course of last night and uh, th- th- this afternoon, and um, that film fucking speaks to me. Uh, Good, unlike pretty much anything, it is a film very, very keyed into my mindset, and this might be a case where it's objectively the best film of the year for me like like you, i would be fascinated for you to watch a ghost story because i don't think you'll enjoy it nearly as much as me mm. i'll watch be- it this week or discuss it next week sweet okay um it's yeah it's out to rent on itunes tomorrow so you know it's it'll be easily seen um it just it's an idea which sounds like a gimmick but you just kind of forget about him in entire sequences and then just seeing him walk around these landscapes is just fucking heartbreaking. There is a monologue in this film which is unlike anything I think I've ever heard but is 100% accurate. And it is a, it is a film that has changed my mindset on how I approach life. Uh honestly it's just that's fantastic yeah it's done that great thing that cinema does of just like holding up a mirror to things yourself or society or whatever and in this case it's me and asking you know what are your priorities um and it it, yeah it, it had a real effect and it was just as profound second time round um i think the look of it is very interesting um the the way casey affleck's character reacts to things despite the fact that he doesn't say anything once he's dead is really interesting you've been a big fan of of, of the the look of all of larry's films aren't you yeah yeah i i'm uh, david larry i'm i'm fully in at this point Um, everybody says it's a flawed movie but it looks fantastic mm. uh, and pete's dragon it, it like is one yeah. is is just a wonderful film in in most aspects i believe it was in my top 20 last year i want to say yes it was yeah yeah thank you um so for him to make this like quickly make this sundance film with casey affleck with a in a bed sheet with holes cut through his eyes it you know you just you don't. I well, I didn't expect what I got here, and it's. I don't know. It's a film about life. It is a film about what you do with your life and who matters to you. 
what what it what relevance it means to try and make an imprint on those who are going to be here long after you're gone um it's dealing with big big weighty themes but does it all quite subtly and in the space of an hour and a half that is yeah it's now only an hour and a half long isn't it mm. and the ending fucking oh just i uh, goosebumps for me for me that's the thing I am but that, not... that, 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 that's what it should be. It, it, these things shouldn't be what you, what people think are the best films of the year. It should be for you. What is it? Fuck, I've got the fucking greatest showman at number fucking five. Yeah, I mean, that's the thing. It's not about the optics of it. It's like, what do I want to say what did you get out of it? the year? It's, yeah. yeah, it's what did I get out of it? And it was a film that I, I find incredibly profound. That's it. You will get weird little fucking films and I, I, I haven't seen Ghost Street make, make a fantastic movie so I'm not I'm not playing it down I'm not with that statement there um, you, you get those weird little films where for some reason it clicks with you more than it does with other people and other people don't understand it it's like because clearly you've not watched the same movie as me you, you've you've watched the same it's been the same visual and things like that but the impulses have been different and movies should be influenced by the way that you're feeling at certain times or by that. They should be influenced by these emotions. And if they twinge and they, they, they fire off these different fucking impulses and synapses within you, then surely that's a good thing. Yeah. That's why you can watch a one movie and adore it when you're seven years old and you watch it when you're 30 and you go, I'm an idiot. Or the opposite fucking way around. That, that, yep. that's how fucking films should work I'm just looking at his next movie listen to this cast go on Robert Redford mm-hmm. Casey Affleck Sissy mm-hmm. Spacek mm. Danny Glover Keith Carradine Elizabeth Moss and Tom Waits yeah nice fucking hell yeah yeah um, alright doing Peter Pan yeah he is but yeah he's he's developing it at the moment yeah which is interesting. Um, I'm, uh, Very interesting. David, like, aesthetic. La, la, yeah, quite. I mean, Lowry, like Damien Chazelle, like from last year, obviously, they're just, they're, they're, ma- they're filmmakers. I will watch anything they do from here until the, the day I fucking pass. Yep. You know, like, fuck it. Yeah, brilliant. Um, but hopefully we'll talk more next week. Yeah, I, I, I will definitely get it, get it watched because they, they, it's a very fucking interesting choice for, for, you, for your top one. That. Cool. Bravo. Thanks, man. Um, yeah, the same. Um, okay, so let's just go. We'll go through the, the list we got from people quickly. Thank you very much, folks. It's just it's getting on a bit and I've got a feeling I might be needed downstairs. Um, so, Rick J. Kidd. Uh, Rick, as we said, we'll do an anticipated list next week. But um, So, it's top three. Wind River is number three, Dunkirk, number two, Blade Runner 2049, number one. Yep. Worst, Zombies Have Fallen. Uh, I bet it probably was, yes. Uh, <laughs> biggest surprise, uh, Split. Biggest disappointment, The Snowman. Right, uh, right, right there with you. Yep. Um, <laughs> uh, TGP 73, best for Ragnarok. Worst, Christmas Inheritance, which I'm pretty sure was another Netflix original Christmas film. I think film. it was another Netflix original Christmas film, yeah. Uh, biggest surprise, Mark's favourite, The Meyerowitz Stories. And uh, biggest disappointment, uh, bless him, The Last Jedi. Fucking... Oh. Um, 
And uh, Craig X Dawson, um, he's put he's put a link to his top twenty on uh, Letterboxd. Um, forgive me, bud. I'm just going to do the top three. Uh, but thank you. Uh, number three, the Disaster Artist. Number two, The Handmaiden. Number one, Manchester by the Sea. Oh, he's got the Florida Project in at number four, but he does have Brawling Soul Block '99 at six. So you know, uh, worst Edith walks. Biggest surprise, Dave made a maze. And biggest... I see, now I want to see that. Dave made a maze. Okay. What's that? Yeah, I, yeah, it's an interesting title. Biggest disappointment, Baby maze. Driver. Um, I'll be honest, if it wasn't for the world's end, I think Baby Driver would probably be on my disappointed list as well. Uh, but I don't I, know. I quite enjoyed it. Yeah, you quite enjoyed it. I just, like... I, I want to give Baby Driver another go. I kind of wonder if I just wasn't in the, the right frame of mind. And lastly, the great SD, Steve. Thank you, Steve. Best, number five, Mindhorn. Good choice. Uh, number four, Valerian. Number three, Trainspotting 2. Number two, Dunkirk. Number one, Blade Runner 2049. Pleasant Surprises, Wonder and Happy Death Day. I do want to see Happy Death Day. Um, disappointments, Wonder Woman and Wolf the Planet of the Apes. Uh, well, fair enough. Uh, worst, the snowman and American assassin. Uh, the snowman's pretty, yeah, it's yeah. Pretty dicking, <laughs> isn't it? Um, so thank you for the contributions, folks. Um, right, so next week, um, what's out? So we've got fuck. There's a big one. We've got the commuter, the new Liam Neeson thriller. Oh uh, yeah, which I'm up for. Um. But there's something else, and I can't remember what it is, and I'm going to look it up. Fuck, there is something else, I swear. What is it? There is something else out next week, isn't there? There fucking is. I'm going to kick myself. Oh, The Post. Yeah, yeah, we would have kicked ourselves about that one. Yeah, yeah, yeah The Post. Um, so I'm assuming we'll be doing The Post. Yeah. Um, Coco's out next week as well. I, I mentioned that it was previews this weekend. I just want to say to any parents, if you're going to take your kids to see Coco, have some answers about death. <laughs> um, fucking, like, on you. Um, yeah, that was an interesting time with Lottie. Um, I'll, I'll just leave it there. Um, Daddy, we used to be skeletons, didn't we? Well, kind, well, not really, lots. Uh, but they've they've all got their meat off their bones, haven't they? It was like fucking. What do you say to that? Um, anyway, meat off their <laughs> bones. Um, that, that, like I said to your WhatsApp, that's both chilling and sweet at exactly the same time. Yeah, yeah. Um, Makes me adore your daughter really, uh, even more. Bless you. Um, so we'll uh, we'll talk the post next week. Um, I'm I'm going to see the commuter. Um, <laughs> So there you go. I'll talk about that next week. Um, fuck it. And uh, yeah, thank you very much for listening, folks. I'm going to shoot yep. off. Mark's hungry. I'm. I'm sure. Yes, I, I, I haven't eaten yet. Um, and we're gonna have a paying it forward, aren't we? Oh, sorry. Yes. So yeah. So I think it's probably going to be a two-show week next week, um, yep. or or this week, and then one show next week. But playing it forward. So we're going to be covering the Richard Pryor starring moving. Yep. Uh, my uh, number 12, I think it was, film of the year, The Villainess. Um, and shit, what was the other one? Uh, it's the Joel Edgerton one, isn't oh, it? Wish You Were Here. Wish We Were Here, Which, that's uh, it. Yeah, Noel got me. Um, so, yeah, should be a good show, that. Uh, so be, we'll yeah. have that. And, uh, yeah, are you okay to do, uh, like, a normal show as well next week? Yeah, 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 cool. I'm good with that. 
So we'll be back with the post as well. Thank you very much for listening, folks. I hope you enjoyed the show and uh, see you later. Bye-bye. Bye-bye.